What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of For the Love of Cinema, a movie podcast where our motto is we just hope it doesn't suck. This episode 330, broken up into two parts, A and B. A. B. B. Thank you, gentlemen. 330A, Postcon 516, my birthday. Try and Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 and 330B posting on 519 will be a discussion on the state of streaming in 2023, at least our thoughts on the state of streaming in 2023. I am one of your hosts, Grayson Maxwell. Joining me as does every week is my co-host, Roger Stillian, and our lovely permanent guest, Chris Bond. Guys, how are you this week? Chris, why do you have two pickled sausages? <laughs> you couldn't even like lead into it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I, I ask you, sir, have you ever had a Tijuana Mama? I mean, yes, of course. Okay, all right. Well, I, some people have or haven't. I don't know. I was in the Look, gas. that is straight up esophagus cancer right there. Oh, like, that's what that is. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I've been on a spice kick lately. Like, I've been spicy foods are it's just all I want to eat last couple of weeks. And I'm um, coming here for show prep. I walked in to the gas station, and, like, they, they moved these toward the front and center. So I was like, oh. Yeah, I got to have me one of them. I used to walk down to the corner store with my brother back when I used to live uh, in uh, near Cleveland where I, I grew up. We used to walk from our from our house like eight blocks down the road in a straight line to the Dairy Mart on the corner. Okay, sure. Which, um, super sketch. And yeah. uh, we'd, we'd walk. Dairy Mart's still a thing? I don't think so. I don't, some areas maybe, like in Cleveland. Uh, I'd waddle in with my lunch money that I didn't spend and so I could buy, you know, one of these. Nice. Yeah. So I'm super excited to eat this and you know, probably want to die a little bit as I eat. And that is pickle sausage hour with Chris. <laughs> you guys are weird. Jeez Louise. Yeah. Down, we walk down to the corner dairy store. Dairy yeah. Mart, sir. We have, though, I mean, not we have, but there are those. I'm sure in, like, New York, they're everywhere. I mean, every the corner stores, I mean, couldn't you call all of those things, like, corner dairy marts or corner Mart? Yeah. Well, no, dairy Mart used to be a chain, though. Like, I remember oh, it okay. as a yeah. franchise. That's what I was like. Yeah. I don't think those are things anymore. It's the franchise you're thinking of, too. Well, because yeah. Dairy Mart locally here is now a Circle K, yep. which is also oh. still very sketchy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's something about Circle Ks I just don't trust. Uh, I haven't for a while. I guess so. it depends on where they're at, but yeah, okay. No, I, the, only, the only reason I don't trust the Circle K locally is where it's at. So. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, where is the Circle K locally there? Uh, the, one, uh, the one, the one in Bel-Air. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You, you oh, can say that at uh, that Dairy Queen, which it, is also sketchy, and, it, just, and just people watch. Yep, it, <laughs> that uh, that Circle K is one of the nicest beer caves. I will never go there. Nope. <laughs> nope. I know what you're talking about too, but none of the those don't come on. Bell, like that's just after being in a big city like like Atlanta and working in Chicago, like that's nothing. I'll stay in there all night with wads of cash hanging out my pocket and not be worried no, you one won't. bit. Yeah, that's no, like, you won't. Jeez, come also, on, man. I used to live in a big city too. I still won't hang out in that fucking Circle K. Fair, fair, fair. fair. I, I, I know exactly what you're talking about, but Grace is gonna he's going to get visit. fucking mugged. <laughs> he's going to say local man killed in a Circle K. Local idiot stabbed in Circle K. <laughs> Throwing wads of cash at people <laughs> trying to run. Waving wads of You'll think you're some like fucking TikToker doing some stupid prank and getting murdered, which is fair. <laughs> What's that one uh, meme we see on the that uh, it was circulating for a while about victim said last words were what are you going to do stab me what are you going <laughs> to man who stabbed <laughs> no, man what are you going to do stab me I keep yeah, I have yeah. that saved in my photos I know any you given do. time because <laughs> look yeah motherfucker you're going to get stabbed yeah yeah what are you going to do stab me said the man who was stabbed yeah that's yeah priceless that's that's almost it's almost like you can't write that like that has to be. It has That's to be like stuff. acted out. Yeah. <laughs> what else is going on, gentlemen? 
weather's nice. It warmed back up again here in our area. Um, what have things have done? Uh, I went and saw a movie with my wife. That was cool. Uh, what did you watch? Field, we watched Guardians. Oh, okay. I thought you thought something. <laughs> no, there, there are other movies. You guys could have watched something else also, but what? No, yeah, no. Uh, softball and T-ball season full swing. That's an experience still that you know I have to be a part of until it's over. Mm-hmm. So there's that. But I no. see it's going so much better. <laughs> so yeah, no, just uh, yeah, same old uh, for this week. Oh, uh, okay. I'm gonna nerd out for a second that no one's gonna care about in this movie podcast. The um, I, I, I'm a big uh, gamer nerd and I play World of Warcraft. There, uh, there's something called like the Race the World First happening right now, where uh, where a lot of people in esports are all trying to play the game at the same time and uh, get something completed before everyone else. That's why it's called Race the World First, and uh, that's been super exciting, and I really enjoy watching that. So yeah. That's what I've been up to. Cool. Yeah. I went nice. to Top Golf yesterday. Nice. And I drank four pitchers of beer. <laughs> it was a good time. Nice. I had to work yesterday, but it wasn't all bad. I got it's a lot Saturday. of work done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I mean, six day pay is no joke. And I get it. I get additional um uh pension hours, so not not, not a bad thing there. But all right, all right. Yeah, it's not it's not so bad when no one's in the office. You get a lot done when no one's like dropping off like hi, my they can I just tell you a story about adults for one second is when they bring you receipts and you're like, they're like, Hey, can I get reimbursed for these? And they, and they pulled like these receipts four months old out of their pockets. Like kids pulled dollar bills out of just wads. Like, yeah. You're, you're adults. Can you just take a little better care of your receipts, please? Well, it's not even that. It's like, it's like, it's like, you know, if someone's going to come to you and ask you to be reimbursed actual money back, wouldn't they want to like respect what you do and be like, you know, maybe have that receipt a little bit more better taken care of and like hand it to you in a professional manner? That's for Grayson's birthday. Have an yeah. awful birthday, you coughing, dodging oxygen. <laughs> Jeez Louise, man. I don't know what you guys are doing over there. I don't care. But yeah, it's just it's you know, the the state of receipts in production are are is bad in twenty twenty three. I will say I spent a lot of my time untangling and trying to decipher what some of them say because I, they've obviously been in someone's sweat pocket for four weeks. Mm, yeah, delicious. That sucks. That sucks. But uh, other than that, it's good. It's going well. I mean Do you ever see do you ever see any like any like like really janky things on these receipts that people are trying to get reimbursed for? Like like, like trips to like, you know, Dodos R Us, anything like that? I mean, you're not going to submit a receipt from Dildos R Us, but I mean, some old, I mean, some old, I can it tell you some like, work. <laughs> I, I, I know that it's common. Independent study. I know that it's common. We don't accept. I know there was a, there was a several years. I don't know how long ago, maybe in New York or Chicago, one of those two cities. But um, for, for a little while, there was a, there was a flower, a florist vendor that also sold baseball tickets and the, the for years production offices or accounting groups kept getting like, why are we getting so many receipts for, for fucking flowers? Not even many flowers in this script. Why are we, it turns out they were selling baseball tickets, but ringing baseball them up tickets. as flowers. Yeah. That's, that's just an old, <laughs> and people were just going to games on the show. Like they were just going, like they were buying very high price seats and just enjoying themselves. Wow. I mean that much I've, I've heard several more stories, uh, but that that's one I feel like is, is more funny than the others. But if there's a way to if there's a way to uh, try to scam accounting, I'm sure it's been done. That's why we have all these checks and balances in place. We have to, you know, we have to do our due diligence as well. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's a uh, it's it's sometimes is more of a hassle than it should be with with these adults. But it is what it is. I don't know if I could have said any of that, but none of that's like incriminating, so I don't care. But <laughs> why are you sitting there, Chris? Is just laughing. <laughs> why are you, why is Chris laughing at that? Now I'm worried. Now I'm gonna edit all this out. No, it's not that. 
What are you laughing at? He's, he's trying to hide his pickled sausage. And I look at him and he just starts grinning. Like a, when a little kid gets caught doing something and they don't know what reaction to have. His oh face is all flush. Like. Oh, boy. But, is it hot? Uh, no, it's not. Take the judgment take a, in your eyes. For, hold on. For take, a big, take a big chomp in the microphone. Let's hear what that sounds like. That's good. That's crying. This is this is great radio. Great radio. He's openly weeping as he's eating. <laughs> good, good, good. So, what else before we start the show? What else is going on, gentlemen? Because it's so good. <laughs> All right, pickled sauce, pickled sausage. What, what is it? What is it? No, oh no, so... Zelda came out. Yeah, it did. Tears it of the did. Kingdom. Tears of the Kingdom did, and it's already done some extor- exorbitant number. I saw it. For, I saw it yesterday afternoon. I didn't see exactly. I don't remember what the number was, but it's something huge. But, you know, as is predicted, it's selling very well as a Zelda game on Switch, of course, of course. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's about it, though, for nothing really new. I haven't been doing a whole lot. Of he currently has like a 97 on Metacritic. Not from, what from what I've heard, it's a lot lower than that by people who've actually played it and been a little disappointed by it. But well, that's uh, not I don't, I don't, anything I don't that really I've heard. Hmm. I don't really know. I haven't played it yet, so I will reserve my judgment. But that's one that's going to be uh, hopefully on my radar soon. I'm a big uh, fan of those first party Nintendo games. Is that a tear? Pickled juice. <laughs> you pickled sausage juice on the table, huh? Oh, you disgust man. me. You know what that reminds me of is that 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 gelatinous. I don't like I don't like your pickled sub pickled juice segues. <laughs> yeah. That reminds me of that gelatinous uh stuff in the what are those? Chris, you love them? Those Vienna sausages? Spams? No, spam those v- Vienna sausages. So I had sausage. spam a couple of days ago for the first time in forever. And I didn't hate it, so I was—I don't know if I was disappointed in myself. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Spam's actually kind no. of good if it's made Dude, right. So I had it grilled. Oh, it was actually pretty yep. tasty. Yep, Spam can be still has the consistency of wet garbage. But <laughs> why are you brothers, eating it then? My brothers eat that stuff out the can raw. Ah, it's so disgusting! Oh. oh my goodness! Like not even like slightly warmed up. No, just open the can, scoop the gelatinous stuff off and the top, the slap it, jelly. slap it down, and then just start eating. Eat the rest right, of the spoon. All right, we have to be done with this. We have to be done meat with this. Meat jelly. Right. Okay, okay. Meat jelly. All right, gentlemen. This is episode. This is our stride, though. This is when we are the uh, strongest. <laughs> come on. Okay. This is episode three hundred thirty of For the Love of Cinema, a podcast about movies, film, and cinema. Was posted each and every Tuesday and Friday at five a.m. on Podbean, which then distributes to. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music. Each and every week, we start with the box office, current and upcoming releases, what streaming trailers and movies of the week. Gentlemen, let's start with the box office. And Chris will be happy to know that Mario is still absolutely dominating. However, it has ceded the number one spot to, as predicted, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 with 60.5 million domestic, bringing its worldwide to just shy of 500 million, 475. They made another 60 million. It did. God. All right. That's not bad. Uh, not bad at all. It's doing very well for itself. Yeah. Uh, 213 domestic, 232, or sorry, 262 international, which is weird to me. I always I always imagined that the Marvel number would be bigger for domestic, uh, nope. given the U.S.'s love for Marvel stuff, but uh, maybe that's changing. I don't know. Number two, the Super Mario Bros. movie, 13 million, bringing this worldwide take to $1.2 billion. There it is. It's now beaten Frozen, I believe. Yep. Yeah, it definitely has. Amazing. Book Club, the next chapter, 6.5 million, bringing us worldwide 9.645 million. Not great for that one. Although the, the, zinger. the budget the budget couldn't be so much for that, but it's definitely more than 10. 
and won the bet. Evil Dead Rise, still doing very respectably. 3.7 million, bringing us worldwide to 121. That's almost very evenly split. Domestic is 60, international is 61. So that's a very yep. even split there. That's very good. Was for it like a, like a $20 million budget or something? 14. Yeah. yeah. 14 million. Yeah. Yeah. Damn, we're definitely. We're definitely getting a sequel to that bad boy. Oh, yeah. Number five, Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret, 2.5 million, bringing it worldwide to 16.4 million. Oh, right. wow. That did not make a lot of money. No, it did not. Uh, I, but, thought you, I thought you were going to say something like it was going to make like, like $80 million or something. No, uh, I wanted it to, but it did not. I just figured there was so many generations of girls that have read that in school and then just didn't. They just don't care about it. But like, I think Roger's right. I think on streaming, they will definitely be checked out way more times yeah. than it was checked out in the box office. Yeah. But what's interesting is there's a couple of comments I want to make about that. But that's going to be on the on the B episode this week. We talk about the state of streaming, our thoughts on theatrical versus streaming stuff. And I have some interesting things to say. And are you there, God? It's me, Margaret, is at the center of one of my comments. Okay. So <clears throat> I'm very much looking forward to that one. Uh, as I'm sure you guys are all also... All right. Talking about the streaming stuff or talking about Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret. Both. Because I'm pumped to talk about the streaming stuff. All right. The second part of that, not really. Let's talk about some current and upcoming releases. Nothing quite has changed a whole lot. May 12th, a big week. Book Club, the next chapter, Fool's Paradise, Hypnotic, Knights of the Zodiac, Rally Road Racers all came out. May 19th is Buddy Games, Spring Awakening, and Fast 10. It's no surprise there which one's going to take the the weekend there. Uh, is it, May 26th. Is it a coincidence that Fast 10, and also if you say it fast, sounds like Fast 10 in your seatbelt. You know what I'm saying? You're going to steal Roger's joke, huh? I mean, I'm looking right at him as I do it. <laughs> I said that shit eight months ago, you piece of garbage. <laughs> Not just, no, no, no. You said it like before, way before way before the end of 2022 maybe <laughs> i i seemed i know you said it way back in like 2021 i'd even I, I, I've, been that <laughs> I've been riding that joke for years <laughs> which i thought it was somewhat original i don't know if you stole it or you just came up with it but good for you if you came up with it all right may uh, 26th no comment may, tw- may 26th about my father kandahar the little mermaid the machine and you hurt my feelings yamushina June 23rd, The Boogeyman and Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. June starts off strong. And then Transformers Rise of the Beast on June 9th. June 16th, The Blackening, Pixar's Elemental, and The Flash. I'm actually, that, for me, that weekend belongs to The Flash. Because I'm, the trailer of this movie, it just makes it look like it's worth checking out. The new trailer looks pretty good. And I've heard positive buzz here. It's gonna be a shame when this thing is a is a damn you know like great movie and they can't bring back any of the elements that really like made it great. But mm-hmm. we'll see. If we'll, we'll we'll see it and we'll be able to judge it for ourselves. Yeah, it's a real shame. What if this movie's like a fucking nine or something? Yeah, right. Yeah, Disney uh, or yeah, DC's first actual masterpiece, and it's such the end. This line of fucking disasters. <laughs> <laughs> All right, June twenty third. God is a bullet. No hard feelings. I've actually what? seen some. I've actually seen some stuff. God is a bullet. That's got a pretty decent cast, actually. Um, I forget. Oh, it's um, uh, uh Nicolaj Kajal Waldau, um, Jamie Lannister, and Jamie Fox. So that looks like it could be an interesting, an interesting view. What? And, so I find it interesting that you just call him out as Jamie Lannister, but then you actually say Jamie Fox. 
Well, he yeah. said Nikolai Waldron. Oh, yeah, I get that. Me. Yeah, yeah, but it's just like, yeah. Because yeah. most people don't know that that's his actual not, not, name. Not by this point? I mean, I, I would imagine more people point. know him as Jamie Lannister than they know him as his real name. Huh. Yeah. Okay. He doesn't yeah. have a real name anymore. <laughs> it's just Jamie Lannister. Gotcha. <laughs> and then, well, so I started watching, sorry, I started watching that show Citadel, the new one on Amazon. Oh, yeah. And Richard Madden's in it, Rob mm-hmm. Stark. And I was like, ah, Rob Stark. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> I can't remember his name. God dang it, yeah. All right. right. Uh, Rounding out June and will be the end where we stop here is Harold and the Purple Crown, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, and Ruby Gilman, Teenage Kraken. Without context, that would be a really odd movie title, but we've seen the trailer for that. Hmm. So there's your upcoming. I don't think anything sets the world on fire, but maybe we are mistaken with some of those smaller movies that might come out to a great critical reception, which is always possible and hopeful. Does it seem like a slower summer to you guys? It does. No, I see. I don't think so because instead of having two or three massives, we have like five or six in a row that could generate money. Okay. I think though it's going to lead to none of them making them a lot of money because they're just going to cannibalize each other. Well, with the amount of money that Mario's made, and again last year Top Gun and some more this year, I it seems like it might be picking up again and i surely hope so but th- again well, more more on this in the b episode when we'll talk about streaming well, let, versus... hold on i want to take two seconds and i want to go off what you just said you know mario made a ton of money right and it's by far probably going to be the number one movie of the year when it comes down to money wise right mm-hmm. yeah. if you look at the next four or five weeks at five or six weeks that grayson just ran through do any one of those movies hit a billion dollars no well, I, I I think one or two so here's might the, have a shot. There, there's there's a couple that might of a billion. Yeah, yeah. I, I think Indiana Jones has a has a potential to hit okay. a billion. No chance. No shot. Fast, Fast Ten has a potential to hit a okay, billion. Okay, I forgot about Fast Ten and Transformers. But, yeah, Transformers definitely has a shot in in the billion. Look, if if Transformers two can hit a billion, then a good Transformers movie can easily hit a billion. I mean, one that a movie that people talk about and see repeat times. When did Bumblebee come out? That was like what three years ago, twenty eighteen so something rip, like June twenty eighteen twenty one. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, I I have a feeling that a movie like Transformers is one of the franchises that is going to be hurt the hardest from like the whole you know COVID kind of shutting down a lot of people's like will to want to go to the movies. I don't think it's going to do as good as it should for like what quality the movie is going to be if it's a good movie. So we'll see though. We'll see. Well, but but nothing's done as good as it. I mean, I don't think Mario even did. Now that you know the in in hindsight, and I was wrong about all the elements coming together, Mario should be doing better than what it's doing. Yeah, you I think mean, so? Think, I do. I mean, hear me out for one second. Is I mean, yes, I think Mario should is absolutely should be doing better than it's doing. I don't think COVID really affected it all that much. Uh, I think Mario might have lost some sales due to <clears throat> just due to other things going on in the world rather than COVID. I don't think people. I mean, I don't mean to you know be polarizing with this statement, but I don't think people really care about COVID anymore. It's not that. It's just the fact that like I just think certain crowds and certain films aren't going to attract the same amount of people they used to because like I don't know, there's something about certain franchises just don't kick it, like don't kick up as much excitement anymore. I think unfortunately, as we you know slowly get back to how things you know or as close to how things were before COVID was anyway i just think that transformers is gonna be one of those franchises that are hurt by it i just don't see the excitement for it as like we used to i see no no man transformers used to be idiot proof for a billion dollars well used to be but it's been running to the ground and people have been soured well yeah but now we're coming back after a good one bumblebee was good yeah 
Well, Bumblebee's not the star of this movie. Yeah. Nope. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see weeks to come. We will definitely see. Yeah. Agreed. So I'm, uh, just, I'm, I'm, excited. Yeah. I'm excited for it, but it's just one of those things where, like, I just, I, I for some reason, I'm a little pessim- I'm, I'm a little bit pessimistic about like what potential the Transformers movie has. But we'll see. But also, one movie I didn't mention because we're just not there yet, as far as mentioning it in the lineup, is Oppenheimer. That movie could also very easily hit a billion. No, it won't. One you don't think close. it will? Nope. No. Listen, I think it may be a very good movie. It won't come close to a billion dollars. It's going to be. You're, it, you're overestimating critical acclaim for money. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree with Roger on that statement. It, 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 it's not going to be as. It's going to make more money than, like, you know, Guy Ritchie's Covenant, obviously, but it won't make, like, a huge amount more because, again, well, it's. It's got the potential, I think. Will it reach that potential? Maybe not, but. I mean, from 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 what I hear from people saying, this is Nolan's opus. This is this is the best film he's made. I, I don't know if that's true or not, but I heard well, someone literally in the office talking like, when he was working on it. There was genius. There was talk of genius on the set. I mean, even you if know. it is right, still won't make that much money. Yeah, I mean, just, it's not gonna it's not gonna make money in the Asian market. <laughs> that's a bad joke. I'm sorry. Wow, he went Ooh. there with it. He went there with it. I know what, but. I'm just I'm hopeful that it does very well because it it it's gotten me excited for I haven't been excited and Tenet really really Tenet killed was a letdown. My, it, it was really a letdown. killed uh, really killed my my interest in Nolan because it, it was just such a and then someone that worked on the movie said oh no the the sound was intentional like why would you intentionally make sound terrible why would you intentionally do and and in the studio let you do that it just doesn't make any sense it's just I, I too many questions there but. Tenet was a massive letdown. What what was after Tenet? Was there something after Tenet? No, no, it's been it right. Okay, okay, that yeah, that was what twenty twenty. Tenet was one of the first things back, one of the first mm-hmm. big things. And anyway, mm-hmm. okay, Tenet enough. could have been so much better. It should have been so much better. It's just I don't. Know. I mean, if I could, I mean, I guess I don't know. I don't know if I've actually heard the entire dialogue yet. So, <laughs> well, so, well, well, so let me ask you guys a question then. Mm-hmm. What do you think is Christopher Nolan's better movie? Is it? Is it his most highest grossing film, or do you no. think it's you know Inception? You think Inception is his best film? Probably. I I would say I mean uh, I don't think Inception's is. I think there's too many unanswered questions in Inception. I think there's too much. I think there's too many massive plot holes in Inception to be his best movie. I, I mean, but those are just there by nature because of the movie or the story you're telling. There just there is going to be plot holes because you, well, no, no, no. I, I think you guys are misunderstanding my question. Like, 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 like. We just said that, you know, it's Christopher Nolan, you know, and that Oppenheimer, like you're talking about how much money Oppenheimer can make or will make, you know, because like it's like it's it's a masterpiece by Nolan, you know, speaking of genius. But like is uh, like Dark Knight Rises is his his highest grossing film. And so is and the Dark Knight's right behind almost like the same exact amount of money made. It's like it's, it's over a billion mark. Right. But is Inception a better film than those two? Is Interstellar a better film than those two? Like, like, I, like, I personally think I personally th- a lot of people say Dunkirk, but they're the you know pinky Dunkirk up on too. the back. They're the they're the they're the pinky on the back of the wine glass kind of people. But I personally think uh, Prestige is one of his strongest showings. Okay, okay. So with that knowledge, like, there's nothing saying that that a, just because a film has brilliance or genius behind its creation and that it's like it's a fantastic film doesn't mean it'll make money. No, no, you're, you're you're right, but this is also the most exposure. I mean, Nolan's never been as big as he is right now. I mean, 
maybe with the Batman stuff, but that's Batman. How much of that was Batman? How much of that was Nolan? I it, it would be tough to tell. Mm-hmm. But right I now, I don't think that that counts really. I think well, so like if you think about, it, I think Dunkirk is the only history piece that's made like a ton of money, right? Because yep. like everything else has been Interstellar, Inception, Dark Knight, Dark Knight. So like you know, in, in Interstellar and Inception are his his own kind of creation pieces from you know from like what he's wanted to make. Yep, Dark Knight. You know, one obviously of, has some sort of roadmap. Exactly. Whereas Oppenheimer is kind of a history piece you know again right it's it, it's it's his creation from that if, if that's the case it's not gonna it's not gonna come to your billion if, if it runs even as close as dunkirk does because dunkirk no, was, I mean, was half a billion i think maybe, they would be maybe. far more satisfied going hey this movie should be up for some awards than mm-hmm. it would be for financial gain yeah that's a that's more of a win for oppenheimer oppenheimer than making a bunch of money yeah that's more of a win for any movie than making a ton of money. Uh, I mean, depends on who you ask. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, like you know, the awards, the awards are nice, but well, know, just remember, some movies have to make a billion dollars. Yeah, they're yeah. required to. Yeah, but, <laughs> but I, I, wait, I think, wait, what do you mean by that? What do you mean they're required to? There are some movies that if they don't make a billion dollars, even if they have critical success, would be a failure. You mean financially a failure? Yes, from a, yeah. from, absolutely. From, yeah. Well, okay, even, even like from a studio perspective. <laughs> would consider it a failure yeah, yeah like, like it's, anytime, it's fair it's fair i think more times than not for a studio not 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 the writers not the not you know the director or whoever like is creating this but like for the studios the amount of money is the only thing that matters to them the critical acclaim that it that it that it gains are all bonuses that help that that help along that path because sure. they make money after after the movie's out right oh like, yeah you know they, they that's make a long game money. all the sales and stuff like that afterwards you know when mm-hmm. your WalMarts and all that so like the critical acclaim is is nice or like nice to have for them they just want that thing to make money though mm-hmm. so it, it uh, the success is measured differently for every person you like you talk to on that. I mean that's fair. I totally understand that. It, it and this is the conversation for another. But no, it's a good conversation, and it all started with me saying Oppenheimer could make a billion potentially. I, you're right, Roger probably won't, but I like to think that it. I like to think that people will put their Those money where movies. the movie is. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Sure, and they should. Yeah, agreed. <laughs> um, okay, so moving on then. Oh boy, I don't remember where we were <laughs> talking about <clears throat> stuff coming coming out. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about some... Oh, actually, what's streaming? That's where what's we were streaming? going into. All right. What's streaming? This week, we're taking a look at Amazon, which, by the way, it uh, Amazon just got Air. So if you've not seen Air, that's an excellent movie that well, I just it's, touch over. They made that movie, right? That's yeah, their... That's, that's, that's okay. Amazon Studios. Okay, gotcha. So I'm happy that it's it's in... Um, because that. So as I told the guys here, that is my best... That's my pick as of right now in May for the best best movie of 2023 i think air is right now hands down the winner of that so but we'll see going forward because i I just i was so impressed by air i was so incredibly impressed by it uh matt damon is uh, air showed me again why matt damon is worth all the money he's worth is he's matt damon viola davis always incredible man it's a treat to watch her on screen and and uh ben affleck and jason bateman you know it's funny how now roger you might be a better barometer for this than chris because chris you were just younger but do you remember like very late '90s, early 2000s? Like we're talking like Armageddon, Ben Affleck, uh, Pearl Harbor, Ben Affleck, uh, Paycheck. But like, oh, when he's just churning out like two movies a year, awful movie. And do you remember what would you if someone asked you how is how is he as an actor in 2020, like in, in 2004? What would you have told them? Like Ben Affleck, I would have told him he's a he's bad, but he's a great he's a great money pull, but he's just a bad actor. Yeah. 
it's funny because he's now that's not the case. Though. Well, it's almost like he's evolved because I would I just I've I've thrown Argo into my weekly rotations of movies I listen to when I'm when I'm working and like he made that. And like I forget how impressive that movie and Gone Baby Gone. I still to this day will say that is the best movie of 2007, bar none. And if you don't think that, then you just haven't seen Gone Baby Gone. Because I can't imagine someone watching that movie and not just being reeling after seeing it. Ben Hell Affleck's movie. best movie is The Town, and I will hear no arguments. Uh, I think Gone Baby Gone's better, but The Town is certainly one of the better ones. Sure. When he walks into the room, looks Renner's character right in the face, he goes, I need you to come with me, and we're going to no hurt some people. Asked. No questions No questions, yep. He goes, yeah, should I bring my jacket? <laughs> Yes. <laughs> We're just going to go too. whip this shit out of well, some people. I, I think you've kind of hit on something, you know, where like, I think my point would be is that I think Ben found his stride and like, I think he found his perspective where like once he directed a couple things, he got better. It, it, it's not even that he got better. It's just, it's, it's like he understood the craft from, from, a, from like a different point of view that, that clicked better with him. You know what I mean? So like, like the insight he gained from directing, I think is what allowed him to kind of like hone in and dial in on becoming a better like all around actor as well. I think that's exactly. I think what so. I mean, that's it, it, got to be because in 2007, it's almost it's a just a very different Ben Affleck moving mm. moving forward. Yeah, um, and it's one of those things that I always gush over is um is Ben is Gone Baby Gone. I, th- I think that movie is incredible. I've, if you haven't seen that, Chris, you should definitely make that a priority. That's a hell of a movie. Just um, watch the town. Well, no, I mean, fine, watch that one too, but Gone Baby Gone <laughs> is far superior of the two movies as far as quality goes, but man, hell of an actor and director now. And I'm very excited to see what he has coming out, but the whole point is he's in air and his his role in air is awesome. <laughs> he has I can't I don't want to I don't want to ruin Phil Knight. But yeah, he's his role in air is awesome and what he does is awesome in in air. So I I, I will just say that. Hmm. All right. Amazon Number one, The Boondock Saints by director Troy Duffy, William, Willem Dafoe, Norman Reedus, Sean Patrick Flannery, 2000. I love The Boondock Saints. I think it's a bang-up idea. I, there is, are, is there a source material for that? I don't think so, but why didn't you pick Boondock Saints 2? Because it's terrible. <laughs> it didn't... The Boon, Boondock Saints 2 didn't do anything I hate cool to agree like with him, but he's right. <laughs> Wait, why do you hate to agree with me? Mind your business. All right, <laughs> I love the first Boondock Saints. I think it's a brilliant movie. I think Troy Duffy throws a fit for nothing. Uh, Famously, he was, you know, Troy Duffy and Tony Kay from American History X, they must be of the same, built in the same cut of cloth because they both have excellent movies, but they both threw shit fits when it it came out and they just didn't go their way. But um, I I think Boondock Saints is a great movie. Uh, Wonderful cast. Um... It just—it's one of the movies that hit at the right time in 2000. It just—it just did very well for itself, and it's a cult classic. And then, years and years later, Boondock Saints 2 came out and just destroyed whatever good the first one did. It's just shame that that, that didn't carry on uh, much with what the first. Well, one the only reason why Boondock Saints 2 got made was because of Nor- Norman Reedus resurging. That's you know what I mean? super famous. Yeah, so like that's the only reason why that even walking, happened. So it, it was an opportunity to make. It, it wasn't made from the passion that like the first one, like you know, obviously was made from. Well, but they also didn't have that. like very important story elements like Willem Dafoe. He had a, he was I think he was in there for like minutes, if that, and then he was gone. It's just they lost what was special about the first one, and maybe you know Billy Connolly or the two brothers or whatever Rocco, but he was dead. I mean, there was plenty of fighting though. Yeah, fair. Which let's be honest. Yes, <laughs> of course. <laughs> All right, Roger, an, an oldie but a goodie. 
uh, an almost forgotten about movie in the middle of the 2000s, Cloverfield by director Matt Reeves, Mike Vogel, Jessica Lucas, Lizzie Kaplan, TJ Miller, 2008. Tell us about it. So actually, I just watched Cloverfield again not too long ago. Man, it's still kind of a cool movie. Like the idea behind it, um, it was something that hadn't really been done before when it came out. It was like a found footage uh, monster movie. And it came at a time when CGI was like kind of coming up. But this movie doesn't have a whole lot of that. You see like a glimpse here and there of a monster and, you know, like the what is it, Statue of Liberty's head getting ripped off and thrown Mm -hmm. down the street. But a lot of it's, you know, it's just people reacting to a situation. Um, and I think it makes for a pretty decent flick. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, like, where all I ever wanted was a Cloverfield 2, we get this weird sort of, like, spin-off, you know, multiple franchise thing with, like, uh, 10 Cloverfield Lane and was it a Cloverfield Paradox? And yeah, yeah. Weird just stuff. tell me more about the fucking monster. Yeah, exactly. Right. So like, so I have a weird relationship with Cloverfield. I've, uh, I've seen this movie one time. Okay. Saw it in theaters. And unless I turn it on myself, like if I, if I ever see it like late at night, I'll never see this movie again. Um, it was one of the, one of the first films I went and saw with my now wife mm. and she got like physically sick in the theater. Cause the shaky cam. Cause the shaky cam. Okay. She, she can do the whole found footage thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, we didn't know that until we went and watched that movie. Surprise! Yep. And uh, yeah, it was, she didn't have a great time and I felt terrible. You know, my, my that kind of sucks though, because film. like that actual movie, the story is pretty strong. Yeah. I, I remember it being very, like, I remember they like, don't they like go through like some like, so like parking garage. They turn so they, like, yeah, oh, they, like, a, med, a med back center. Yeah. They end up like going through a parking garage and through like a subway tunnel and yeah. popping out yeah see a whole bunch of like aliens like like little, like creatures behind like mm-hmm. like weird like tents like a plastic stuff yeah like, I, I remember a lot of the imagery because i thought the movie was interesting it's down my alley yeah but i just i've never seen it again so like that. that movie and born came out the first born movie came out like relatively close together those were two like the preliminary shaky cam movies yeah. which movies like i don't really get made now because of that issue yeah. where some people like you get motion sickness from seeing it and uh i forgot that that was a thing for some people yeah yeah it's it, it's poor call out you missed a decent movie yeah yep and wasn't the monster in the poster that no one realized the poster had been out for for weeks and the standees and no one realized that the monster face was in the clouds of the poster oh yeah yeah and that no one noticed that until the movie came out and then everyone i'm surprised that that stayed hidden for as long as it or if it didn't stay hidden it just didn't make it to uh, the you internet know, was the Ohio Valley big back in 2008 well, not right, like it is I mean, now. Yeah. but I was always surprised like how does no one how is no one talking about this until <laughs> weeks after the movie's release and it's just it's a good way to hide something uh, but that I always thought that was funny it's a found footage movie with uh, with Lizzie Kaplan and TJ Miller because <laughs> <laughs> there isn't the, whole, isn't the whole purpose of a found footage movie you're, you're trying to pass it off as it really happened like Blair Witch Mm. Yeah, isn't yeah, that the course. point of it? But like, found footage. Well, they weren't like, really famous then, though. Either uh, I would say T.J. Miller was probably a known name at that point. At that, maybe point? not Lizzie, maybe not Lizzie Kaplan, but definitely T.J. Miller. People knew T.J. Miller was. was not known in 2008. I don't. I think if you look at his filmography, you. I'm looking right realize. now. All right. What? Okay. <laughs> I don't want to look at it. But what's what's prior to 2008? Prior to the prior to 2008. Yeah, I, I gotta look at all. Well, you, can't have, you can't have that. I mean, you look, you're telling me that no one knew him, but there's too many to talk about well, was from 2008. Cloverfield is the first thing he's listed. Oh, really? Yes. Ah! 
Okay, never, never, never mind. That must have been okay. I'm wrong. Look, I'm wrong. I thought TJ Miller was a bigger deal than 2008. That is funny. It is a fucking right on the list. I don't know who TJ Miller was in 2008. I didn't what know who TJ Miller was until he until he he did the whole middle out thing in uh in. Uh, All right, fair, fair, fair. The fair. show, yeah. What about God. Lizzie Kaplan though? What about Lizzie Kaplan? I don't know who um, that is. The girl from. I mean, I know who it is in in this reference and like who she is in this film, but I have no idea who that is. Oh, she but has no, a number yeah, like, of things. She has a number of things prior to 2008. Yeah. But like in Silicon Valley, like that, that that's how that's when I discovered TV. Early Meyer, the worst yeah. fucking name in the history. I, I, of I, listen, that show, I love that show. It, I, I have a, it's like my guilty pleasure, man. I think I think it's pretty damn good. It's oh, nerdy as hell. But. That's um, of course, Orange County, um, Mean Girls. She's Janice and Mean Girls. Like, of course, everyone knew who that. I mean, they might they may not know it was Lizzie Kaplan, but they knew who Janice and Mean Girls was. Gotcha for, for damn sure. Yeah, but I yeah. mean, she. Yeah, okay, fa- okay. I was wrong about T.J. Miller. I didn't. I thought he was bigger long before Cloverfield, but maybe I'm wrong about that. Okay, I think, so. I think that literally put him on the map. <laughs> but I, I remember, and Roger, you were there for just another, you know, thirty seconds talking about found footage movies. You were there for Paranormal Activity. I was. You rem- you remember people walking out of that theater like, wow, that's can't believe they found that footage, and I, I couldn't believe people really thought that. Now I understand like the gimmick of like. It's cool to think about it as like they just found it and put it in there's actual demons out there, you know, but like it's a movie set up by a producer. It has credits. It has grips and gaffers and all these things. So I, I just thought that was funny, but that's why it's I found not footage. like news footage you watched on a breaking news clip. <laughs> <laughs> right. But I mean, I did when I was in middle school, I the Blair Witch freaked me out. I will say that movie freaked me out for weeks when I, when I saw that. I didn't well, watch it until the, I was like 24. The problem with found footage stuff now is if something like that actually happened, you'd watch it and be like, it's fucking fake. Yeah. <laughs> Even if yeah, it was yeah. 100% real. Yeah. Like, this is bullshit. Yep. Well, I once talked to a producer about like um, why all that. It was my brief stint in reality TV out in Los Angeles when I was doing my internship. And then I went out there for a little while after college. Is He's like, oh, that's why you don't see shows about Bigfoot anymore because everyone's got a goddamn cell phone. You can I mean everyone's got a camera on them at all times. You 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 can't pass it off as authentic. Squatching is a lost art. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> <laughs> no, well, I'm like, well, that makes sense it, in a weird way that you you really can't do that anymore because everyone's got a camera in their pocket. So that that does that does make a bit of sense. Absolutely. All right, let's talk about Chris. Your pick, Train to Busan. A little more of a niche pick, but still a very popular one. Director Song Yao Hun, Gong Ho, Young Yo Ming. Madong Suk Suking Su Suan Kim, twenty sixteen. I picked this film only because I wanted to hear Grayson say all the actors' names. I knew you. I knew you did. Fiend. <laughs> no, no, no. No, Train to Busan is a is not an obscure movie, but it's 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 something that most people haven't seen. If you like kung fu action, zombies, trains, choo choo motherfucker, this is a good one. You should watch this movie. It's it's actually a lot of fun. It gave birth to Train to Busan two, which wasn't as good as the first one. It didn't have the same the same charm that like this what that this apps B movie did, but this film is actually pretty damn good and it's very entertaining. It's it's kind of like um the raid. If you've ever seen the raid, it's got a similar feel of like you know someone made the, made this film that really like had an idea and wanted to get it onto film, and then you know the the, the whatever comes afterwards, whatever. But like the first one, Train to Busan, fantastic film. Watch this movie. You know what's yes. funny? I I did watch the raid. I actually love the raid. And then there there's raid's multiple good. there's multiple raids in there. Like there's the raid. The raid's fantastic. The raid two's okay, but ultra violent, like even more so than raid. And then after that, they're all just bad quality. All right, fair. I mean, but I, I people love people really do like the raid. It's kind of a cult classic at this point. But it is people do really like that. And, Tra- and now, train train on is kind of, is kind of in, in that same vein. 
I may be ignorant, Chris, and please forgive me if I am, but Train Train Busan's one I haven't seen fully yet. Yeah. Um, but is did we get what's that one movie with Chris Evans? Um Snowpiercer. Snowpiercer, yeah. Is is that very similar to Train to Busan? No, no, no. Snowpiercer is okay, yeah, Snowpiercer is that is that like post apocalyptic or where like they have to live on the train or whatever, right? Like like yes, society yes. just exists on a train, yeah. No, Train to Busan is it it, it is not that. Like it's a okay, okay. It's as it, it's like a it like it's a zombie flick that takes place on like the majority of it on a train, but like they have to get to it and stuff too. Interesting. Good okay. Film. Yeah, that's, that's one. That's one I want to. I want. I've always wanted to check out because I, I I watched the raid years ago at someone's request. I'm like, God, this is this is yeah. damn good. I love the yep. raid. All right, then all available for you to watch on Amazon: The Boondock Saints, Cloverfield, and Train to Busan. If you subscribe, That'd be to a Amazon. hell of a day watching those three movies it would, together. Man, yeah. <laughs> that's it runs the gambit of like you know just like the different feels of film right? to watch. Yeah, it certainly does. Let's talk about some trailers. Some decent ones this week. Uh, very excited. We talked about Oppenheimer a little bit. Let's talk about Oppenheimer with Cillian Murphy, Emily Blunt, Matt Damon, Robert Downey Jr., Florence Pugh, Gary Oldman, Jack Quaid, Josh Hartman, Alden Einreich, Rami Malek, Gustav Skarsgård, Olivia Thurlby, Dane DeHaan, Benny Safdie, Casey Affleck, Michael Aaron Gano, Alex Wolf, David Krumholtz, Scott Grimes, Matthew Modine, James Remar, James Darcy, Josh Peck, Jason Clark, Josh Zuckerman, Tom Conti, I stopped there, but there were several more names that Jesus. people know. I know that's a hell of a cast. I don't remember seeing most of these people in in like the two trailers we got. You know yeah. what I mean? Like I I haven't seen I haven't seen Florence, and you know like no, I she was seen... she was she was she was in the trailer. She was definitely in the well, trailer. Okay, okay, well I I don't remember seeing her, but like maybe there's there's so much. Uh, Josh Peck, he's only in like 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 a two second clip of him in the very beginning of the second trailer. So it's like there's so many people in this film. Well, say before the second trailer, I didn't know Matt Damon was in this movie at all. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like yeah. at all? Oh no, yeah, no. You, yep, yeah. You wouldn't unless you like. But you know, it's he's Nolan is is a. I'm sure if someone's like, who can we do? Who can make an, a movie about the about the the development of the A bomb from the American point of view against running against time against the Nazi scientists and make it kind of ethereal in that? I'm like, ah, Nolan's probably a great choice for that, and I say that because he's very good at doing that. That atmospheric at the same time kind of haunting characters that just they just captivate you the whole way through i mean interstellar is one of those movies i think his first three that against the batman trilogy um inception no in insomnia um the what's the uh the the prestige and um what's the one about you go down layers and cop was in it um the spinning top yeah okay i forgot the name inception i think those are very kind of like like that and i think michael bay would have done a hell of a good job I do. I disagree with you. <laughs> I disagree. All of a sudden, the bomb's transforming. We <laughs> <laughs> you know it's funner. It's called Oppenheimer. And what do you think of? I mean, Oppenheimer is a name, you know, famous for one reason. But I always bring up that the first I read all the factoids about the movies from when I was, you know, very a teenager working at Carmike. And the first question Michael Bay asked when the producers approached him about making phone booth. His first question was, how do we get him out of the phone booth? Well, and then it said the meeting ended that day <laughs> because like, why do you want him out of the phone? booth? the whole point of the movie, Michael, what the heck, you know, Michael Bay would have wanted to turn it into a chase down New York and gunfights. And uh, it would have been weird, but Michael Bay would not have been a good uh, choice for this movie. But I think Nolan is, is, is part of the course. Uh, one of the better choices for this movie. But uh, all that 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 cast list is huge. That might be one of the biggest cast lists I've ever seen. Like ever, 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 ever seen. One of the biggest. Hmm. Yep. Um, I know Chris, you're super. You like these kind of period pieces that 
really focus on one thing, especially I would prefer like the, I mean, this is world war two era. I would prefer the actual war, a film about the war than this, but this is still very interesting, especially because like, I, I don't know how many people actually know that this technology was being developed by several powers in the war. And just, we just happened to have it first. <laughs> There'd be a very different if the Germans would have had it first. It'd be a very different landscape right now because they would have absolutely used it on Britain and Russia and the U.S. Hundred percent if they had gotten over here. I mean, maybe we liberated their scientists before they finished their parts of the project. Well, of course, and um, hypothetically, Tom Conti is playing Albert Einstein. That's why I, his his name was so far down the cast list that like I'd like skip to find it. But he's playing Einstein. I think that's a big deal because like that's a very I, look. Albert Einstein is a very iconic person, in, in especially in the history of the world and American and German history. Huge, huge, huge name. So maybe, maybe one of the men that delivered the world from evil. I, I you know, you make that call. I don't know, but certainly people could make that argument. Well, but yeah, so I'm like, very excited for this. So just on this note, like, like you mentioned at the very beginning of of, your, of like us going and talking about the Oppenheimer trailer, is that um, like it, it's it's World War II from the American perspective on making the atom bomb, right? Yep. So. They're interestingly enough, it's uh, it's it's more my wheelhouse than anybody else's. But there's there's a movie uh, called Tear, Tears of the Fireflies. It's um, it's an animated film, but it's about World War Two from Japan's perspective, and it's like it's things leading up to the uh, the atom bomb bombs, and then uh, the fallout afterwards, and like how it affected like like the citizens of of, of Japan like within the World War Two era. It's a super sad film really really sad also my wheelhouse but it's very very good it's just a really hard watch it's one of those movies that you you only like watch every every few years or something like that if, if that but it's actually very good and i recommend it as well just like for like perspective sake. wait i'm gonna write this down what, what, what what's it called again uh great oh grave of the fireflies it's made by studio ghibli so it's it's got fantastic anime quality even though it was made like in the ninth ni- late 1990 or like like right right before that good movie though that sounds like sad. that sounds interesting and you say studio ghibli I, I will watch anything studio ghibli does without yeah. any kind of i love i think they're one of the greatest studios in the world and always have been and their mm-hmm. their, their their quality is pretty constant it's like yep. studio ghibli for me is the new disney yeah disney gotcha. has completely yeah. fallen off the map and studio ghibli never has fallen off the map yeah. so yeah, very good film very sad but it's just it's just, it's just a different perspective on that on like that that whole part of history which it, it, it's something that you know you know, we have the luxury of not having to think about it every now and then. So, if I remember correctly, there was an X Files episode where they found the third bomb that crashed into the ocean <laughs> off the Aleutian Islands in Alaska, right? right? My mother was the Happy Mother's Day, by the way. We're it is Mother's Day, Day. It's and in true. honor of Mother's Day, me and Roger planned this segment, yep. and uh, um, because we care and we think about it, Grayson. But um, my mother was a huge X Files fan, and you're absolutely. Right. I'm pretty sure well. that they did yep. that, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah. They had a third bomb, and it got crashed. Or like, oh, yeah. You know, I even have my notes said something to happy Happy Mother's Day to all the mothers. I called my mother this morning, and she was very happy to hear from me. She doesn't hear from me often, but she was oh, happy to hear from me. But why don't you t- call your mom? That's what she told you. So, well, she doesn't. Mom's difficult, Roger. You know this. You've met her. She's very you just difficult. text. Say, she, hey, doesn't, she doesn't even happy respond. Mother's I could Day. I could send a text message saying, "Mom, 
I'm being held at gunpoint. If you don't respond within the next 45 minutes, they're going to kill me. And I get a, I get a text back in seven days saying, K. are you alive? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, what happened? It would say it would like, she's so, I don't know. She's like, when she wants something, she's, you better answer her quick. But when you want something, it could take days. I don't know. My, my dad doesn't text either, like at all. Like he'll call, no problems with it. Yeah, yeah. But so I sent him something in a text message because I don't know if I told you guys like last week I tore my truck apart to put oh, in a yeah, new yeah, stereo yeah. system. So, yeah. so I, I resolved everything this week. Like right. I got it all fixed up or whatever. But I was missing, like I couldn't find this wiring diagram, right? And I found this link to like the full wiring diagram. I was like, hey, I'm not going to be home for a while if you want to go take a look at this. And I sent it to him in a text message. I get to him a couple of days later. I talked to him. I was like, hey, did you get that thing? He's like, no. And I was like, you mean this thing right here on your phone that I can see that has it mapped out everything we needed? I don't know what that shit is. <laughs> it's like, ah, perfect. Damn it. So I literally, like, like fucking Iron Man, flicked it to my printer and had it print out the actual color. <laughs> it's like, God okay. bless. Okay, this is a little long in the tooth, but let's talk about the Meg Two, the trench. Do we have to? This movie's not real. I can't. Like, I can't believe I want... you're not more excited to talk about this, Roger. I'm over the moon. So, Jason okay. Statham literally is holding the shark away with his with his foot. So, me and Chris were talking about. Like, I mean, listen, the original Meg is dumb fun. Okay. But, like, do we need another one of these? That now we have at least three sharks and a giant fucking octopus and other things? Yeah, there's like a whole bunch of creatures in there. Yeah. But I mean, I don't know. Like, like th- this isn't a shark. This isn't a megalodon. This is an island with teeth swimming at people and eating things. I, I, I don't know. I mean, what, what did you say during the trailer? Is this the, like, the prequel to um, Pacific Rim? Yeah, yeah, as if this is the sequel to Pacific Rim when, when we're watching the trailer. Which it should be, honestly. I think that'd be a better I mean, movie. I thought you guys would be more excited to talk about. This I, movie I, I haven't seen the first one. But Roger has informed me that that, that it, it's kind of dumb fun. But like, man, I don't need to. I don't know. Like, I don't. We we, we didn't go watch the Black Demon, so why we why we watch Meg Two? I don't That's think you say things like that. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's just because Jason Statham's in it. But you know, whatever. God, I hope you guys can't hear that rain. It is coming down outside. Holy we can't. We, we can't hear it. You're good. You're okay, good. We can't hear it. Um, I am actually kind of excited because it looks like it's okay, but isn't there something to be said for like that style of, of, of approach, um, such as like cocaine bear where like, you know what it is and you make the movie based on the fact that you're selling camp to people. And there, there's that one shot in the trailer where they got that, that, that action music playing blaring in the background and he's mm-hmm. Jason Statham's riding away while he's leaping over the thing going to spear him with a I mean come on that's yep. just that's just awesome you can't I don't know and it has the thing like this is Meg proof glass <laughs> yep. and then just immediately bites through it come on dude <laughs> will you What's, fuck off with that <laughs> but it's see this movie it's it's a shame it's not going to make more money than it's going to make because it, it it's just should be stupid fun that's like rooting for Sharknado 7 you know what I mean like but this is, I don't I mean, know. I am rooting for Jason Statham, Sienna Gulleroy, Chris Curtis, like Cliff Curtis, all these people. I just, I like them. So I'm, I will I'm never root against Cliff Curtis. Exactly. There you go. Um, I, I'm very excited for the Meg too. Even though the Meg was what, it, I mean, it was a silly movie to begin with. But... <laughs> Avatar 3 looks real weird. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait. The, yeah. He was the, he was the chief in Avatar. That's right. Yep, Cliff Curtis. Yep. Um, yeah. Yeah. Interesting, interesting. Um, I'm excited for the Meg. Uh, let's right, talk about right, let's talk about Padre Pio with Shia what, LaBeouf. What is this? I was waiting for I was waiting for LaBeouf 
to like start to bless somebody real slow, like it cuts away for do a it. second. That, do then, it. Then it then it cuts back and he's like he's still doing the whole cross thing, cuts away, and then someone's like super tense looking and sweating and cuts back and he goes into his robes and pulls out two handguns and starts just starts wasting. Just people. slashes throats. Yeah, yeah, right. You know, comes out with knives, guns, whatever. No, this looks like a, No, he's just a priest yelling yeah, at people yeah, and I don't yeah, understand. He's just, a, he's what's just an happening. angry priest. Right. I don't I wanted to do it. I like I think Shia LaBeouf is very talented. Underrated? Yeah. I think, I think so he's too. underrated. He's I probably just probably properly rated at this point. Most people think he's just a weird good actor. Yeah. All right. Kind of like Joaquin well, Phoenix. Like, but like that's territory. fair though. Not Hold not on. quite that good, but yeah. Well, but that's uh, fair though. I, I, I mean, like, I mean, let me, me, me like similar vein of like yeah. thought. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. But I think that's fair because one movie that I I have to give him credit for is he he really he really pushed for Peanut Butter Falcon. He was yeah, a that movie's huge, great. He was a huge guiding star in that movie, um, getting it off the ground and getting it and getting people. What's attached. rule number one? <laughs> Party. Um, yeah, that's a great. I think Peanut Butter Falcon is one of the better movies in the past ten years. Actually, I would, I yeah, would it's definitely a good argue movie. That. Yeah, um, I, I think he's got a huge range. It's a shame that he went crazy for a while. And again, it's I tend to like side more with. I used to be like, you're famous, making all these hundreds of millions of dollars. When you're in public, just be normal. I used to side. I used to be like that, but I can understand how people always no, like people are pieces of shit. Leave if you had alone. to work with Michael Bay for multiple movies, you, you'd get that way too. Well, I'm just saying I can understand why celebrities kind of have Look at Will breakdowns. Smith. He just assaults people on television. Yeah, right? He does. He does. Um, I get how people can sometimes snap when they're in the public eye all the time and they're just people always... It's easy to judge someone's work without actually knowing a person and it's just... You know, we do that all the time. Here's what we do. All, all we have is what we have on screen to, to go by, but... I mean, it's a shame he went crazy because he was great in Peanut Butter Falcon. I love him in Fury. I think he's got one of the better roles in Fury Bible. Um, I, I he's good in so many movies, and it's a shame that people are not going to watch this. Uh, and I'm not. I can't say I'm motivated to watch it fully because it's it's going to be it's going to be select. It's going to be hard to find in theaters. It's going to be very select. Uh, it's just going to be weird. And I, I one movie I did just watch, Chris. I, I say this to you because you're the other one who's going to be excited for this. Is a uh, Medieval with Ben Foster. Remember we talked yeah. about that a little bit. Yep. It's not what you think. Aww. The production quality <laughs> is terrible. Um, it looks like the budget was was about twenty five cents. Is it like uh, Knights of the Zodiac looking? <laughs> I haven't seen Knights of Zodiac, so I can right, I can't tell you. But it was right. not what I expected. It is on Hulu, and you can watch it. It's just I expected a very different movie. I expected. I know you guys haven't seen it, and I have always recommended it. But um, Ironclad, where a handful of people defend Rochester castle from um, King John uh, trying to take over England uh, after the crusades. And it's, um, uh, I forget his name. Purifoy. James Purifoy is a, he's, he's one, he's one, he's a, he's a fallen Templar that needs to find redemption. And him and five or six other guys are holding a castle because it's the castle's built to be held by such a small number of men manning the wall against a large army. Hmm. And there's this one scene where he's, I mean, the battlements have been breached. Nothing. It's it's looking very bleak. And he, because he's a Templar, he, what he's doing is very important to him Summons religiously. A demon. Well, no, he's you know, but he he grabs this massive claymore, and he and he yells clear to get everyone to get up behind me. He pulls out the sword and he saves the scene because he's able to use the sword effectively. But that's a Templar weapon that he's not really earned the right to use in a while. So it's just it's a wonderful scene that Chris. I know if you saw that movie, you'd love it. It's a hard yeah. movie to watch. A lot of 
the headings and cutting off of arms and feet, and you really feel for the guys that are losing this castle. I watched but. that shit on a grainy video in, <laughs> when I was like 17. <laughs> oh, you mean like Faces of Death? Yeah, sure. Don't make me bring the tree guy back up. Okay, the tree guy. But anyway, yeah, that's... Medieval is not like that. <laughs> I don't want to see that. And I love Ironclad. I think Ironclad is one of a fine little, you know, independent movie with James Purefoy and Brian Cox and a ton of other people in it. It's a fine little movie, but the Medieval is not that. And I, I have a feeling that Padre Pio is going to be is going to be kind of like the Medieval. It's just a letdown. But mm-hmm. I'll check it out if I can see it on streaming. I might. I'll, I'll give it the first hour. With That's a, fair. after that though, I can't promise I'll finish it. But <laughs> I, I, I really can't. But all right, we've talked long and tooth about these movies. Oppenheimer, The Meg 2, The Trench, and Padre Pio all coming to a theater near you very soon. Well, I don't know about Padre Pio, but the other two, definitely. I mean, it's a movie. Yeah, that's <laughs> it true. Is a movie. That's not wrong. All right. Let's talk about, we are at 55 minutes, so we have to talk Let's about get going. <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, another massive Marvel movie, huge budget. Let's talk about some particulars, but first... The Rotten Tomatoes of Guardians, higher than I would have thought. 82% and 95% audience score. Now, again, as we've talked in the weeks past, Rotten Tomatoes is only a, a kind of a barometer to see where you fit in. It's not an accurate scoring system at all. It's just take with a grain of salt. Absolutely. What do you guys say about those scores? I mean, so I mean, crit- like, critically, the movie is whatever it is, right? It's a comic movie. They don't ever really like it, like full showings when they're good, w- like when they are good films, and they get can't they get trashed when they're bad, right? But like audience score, I can see why people would be able to come and see this film and enjoy it, you know, and it be more positive than negative. So I think you know that that high rating for the audience scores, I think it makes sense. I think it's fine. Yeah, I do not. I, mean, I do not agree with that. <laughs> but that's just why? that's just that's just me. We'll get into it. We'll get into. It. I don't agree with eighty two. I just don't. But that's you know, or ninety five. Let let alone eighty two. But we'll, mm-hmm. we'll we'll get into it. We'll get into it. Um, let's do some particulars. Get some well, I mean, here's the thing. It falls right in line with the other two movies. You're this. right. It does. All right. Chris Pratt, Zoe Zaldana, Dave Bautista, Karen Gillan, Palm Clementeff, Vin Diesel, Bradley Cooper, Sean Gunn, Will Poulter as new Adam Warlock. You know the cast, directed by James Gunn, who, by the way, has been under a lot of scrutiny lately, a lot of, um, a lot of uh, microscope looking lately. So, but that's that's uh, James Gunn. So let's talk about uh, Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. Roger, what's this one about? Um, the Guardians of the Galaxy are guarding the galaxy. I believe this is just a new meme thing that Roger's been doing the last like four months, where he doesn't actually tell you anything about the movie. But no, he, he doesn't. He doesn't. But it's but it's tradition. It. I every 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 week I've thought about <laughs> I need to take this away from him. But every week I'm like, no, <laughs> I take this toy away from this man. <laughs> yeah, because he doesn't ever take it seriously. But I, I, tradition is tradition. So, but I mean, that question is more relevant also, now because what did I say that was incorrect? Well, it's not. It doesn't really slide in with the other two. It's different. It's not about the Guardians of the Galaxy anymore. I mean, this movie's not like it's it has been in the past or the other Marvel films. It's it's all focused on one person's backstory with everyone else kind of fitting in where they do. That's exactly what all the Guardians movies are about. Eh, the second one, know. no, 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 no. The second one is about Peter Quill and his, and his backstory. It's his dad. It's it's it, 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 
the exact movie is just Peter Quill in the backstory. Yeah, but this one's about this one's not about this one's a, fine. Being about Peter Quill is one thing. Peter Quill is the star of the Guardians. Mm. But this one's about Rocket Raccoon. I would argue that Rocket Raccoon is the star of the Guardians. Fair, okay, that, fine. But and, and so hold on. This isn't called this isn't called Star Lord Guardians of the Galaxy. It's always just been called Guardians of the Galaxy. I I, and I, Rocket I Raccoon it. is James Gunn's James Gunn's favorite character in Guardians of the Galaxy by his own admission. So I'm not surprised at all that we got the film. No, neither, neither am I. And I didn't know that, but now that makes total sense. Actually, I love that he finds out that he's actually a raccoon. <laughs> yeah, right. well, well, he finally like he finally believes it after all of those <laughs> references. I'm not a raccoon. <laughs> not a raccoon. Yep. However, I will say this Marvel movie is more of what we're used. It, it's it's this is way more than what we're used to back in you know uh, pre. Pre, sorry, pre Thanos snap, which is a good thing because those were the better movies. Well, think by, about it. By and large, those that's that's better Marvel. Pre Thanos much better. Marvel. We have a director that's that's doing this movie that has been active since Phase Two of yep. Marvel, whereas all the other stuff we've gotten recently is all from people that either a were brought in, you know, that haven't done a Marvel film yet, and except for their one shots, or have all been active since after, like you know the the golden age of Marvel. At this yeah. Point. He's had the whole guardians trilogy under yeah. his belt. It's not a coincidence that the newer stuff we're getting from people that haven't been around since the stuff was good ends up leaning towards, you know, the garbage can more than it does, you know, put on a shelf. And that's, I would agree with you. That's, but that's why I was pleasantly surprised that this one was, it felt like the Marvel movies of, of old, but you're right. Okay, though, I hadn't considered that James Gunn has been around. I mean, he, the other two were in, or yep. were pre Thanos snap, weren't they? With, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, well, but with you saying that, you know, this feels like Marvel movies of old, why are you surprised that it did so well, with the, you know, with its scores then? Because this is what people have. This is what people want. Yeah, like in a big way, especially after the last, you know, like two years of us watching Marvel movies again. You know what I mean? Like you know, ever since Black Widow, it's been it's been tough, you know, and this is coming from a guy who loves a lot of these movies leading up to, you know, phase, you know, phase four. Like, this is what people have been asking for. This is what people have said that, that, like, you know, like, they want to happen. So I don't understand, like, where, like, where, you know, you're surprised at the scores, you know, that this movie's getting on, like, a place like Rotten Tomatoes. Metacritic is one thing. But, like, for people to just say, on average, this movie is, this is, a, is an above average film. Oh, I totally, I totally agree 64 with that. on Metacritic, by okay, the way. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, I was yeah. going to say, it's not much higher on Metacritic, or it's not as high as you'd think on Metacritic, but actually... That's a it, fine it, score yeah, for a movie on Metacritic, actually, honestly. Actually, Metacritic is really good, so... Yeah. Yeah, that's that's okay, but... um, So, let's talk about it, then. Yeah. Let's, let's get into... Let's get into it. So, Chris, tell me, what were you expecting going into this movie? What story I'll, were you expecting? So the story we get is actually along the lines of what I thought was going to happen. I I know we know James Gunn is leaving Marvel to, to become DC's boy, right? So like I expected, you know, James Gunn to wrap up a lot of the characters that he's helped create within the Marvel universe, right? So we and we do get a lot of that here. We actually we get a ton of that. We get every character that gets a nice little bow on their story by the end yep. of this film without like giving any spoilers. Any big ones anyway. So like that happens. And, you know, from the trailers alone, you're, you know, you're going to get, you know, some of Rocket's origins, right? You're going to see him in flashback sequence. They're going to tell stories that way. But like, you know, all that that passes, like I got kind of the movie that I expected, except for the fact that me and Roger were talking about this and Roger brought the point, not me originally, like months ago. But like I expected to have not more stakes because they're they throw stakes at you. Yep. But 
things that don't stick, but I expected more loss. In this yeah. Um, what he's referring to is beforehand, like uh, I want to start with the premise saying as I actually enjoyed this Guardians movie, which is nice. Um, this really felt like the more old to me, yeah. but I am 100% surprised that everyone spoiler. Yep. No one dies yeah, here. Everyone makes it out. And legitimately, I thought Drax was a goner. Yep. Okay. Because his contract's up. He says that he's done with it. He doesn't want to be part of it anymore. He respects him for what it was, but he, that character for him is done. Yeah. I, and, and to, to Dave Batista's credit and to understand kind of like maybe where he's coming from, Dave Batista is a pretty damn good actor so far yep. from what we've seen. He has range. He's yep. done, he's done some shit movies. He's played some weird characters, but in the end, the guy can act and say what you want about it. Like, I don't think he wants to be known as the, as only the guy that has done this role. He mm-hmm. doesn't want this to be the legacy he leaves behind because he can act. It's different when we have some people that like, don't really break out of that thing that they began with and they try to, it never happens. But like, Dave Batista, I think the people around him know that he has a chance to like do some really impactful acting and he doesn't want, you know, Drax the Destroyer to be the like the number one thing people call back to all the time when like he comes up or like, you know, shows up at some event. He so, wants it to be Marcus Phoenix, which I respect. Which I, which I respect. <laughs> <laughs> but no, but it, it's it, I, I think I, I I understand, you know, that that need to kind of say, okay, th- you know, like this era of my acting is over. I'm, yeah. I, I want to do different things. I'm done with this character professionally, personally, and professionally. Yeah. Th- thanks for everything. The mm-hmm. paychecks were great. Yeah. I'm going to go do other stuff now, which 100%. Like, well, and, know, the, and the other thing, too, is because he does survive this movie. Yep. If they needed him for like a flashback scene, yep. you know, he can do stuff like that, right? Yeah. yeah. Hey Dave, we got three million dollars. You know, you got two days. Hey, to listen, I need you for fifteen minutes of yeah. screen time. <laughs> It'd be a great callback. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'd love to yeah. do it. You're gonna you're gonna spend four days in the makeup chair, two days shooting. Is that cool? Sure. Yeah. What? So have you noticed though? One thing: less time in the makeup chair because now he's wearing the jumpsuit. Yep. Uh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. 100%. I respected that. He's done with the chest art. Yeah. He's like, let's just be done with this. <laughs> yep. I just wear a shirt now, yep. like an adult. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Dave, yes. put a shirt on. I can't. <laughs> I did like, so we did already get part of this story with the Christmas special. Mm-hmm. That's well, what people have to understand, too. Is it Part like the, of the story, yeah. But I'm, okay, but a, a funnier measurement of the story, but we still got part of it. We saw whatever small piece that was. Uh, but I, I appreciate the Christmas special a lot, and I'm glad we got it. Yeah. But it, it, also, good, though. It, it also makes more sense in the light. The the pairings of who was together in the Christmas special makes more sense given what this movie was was about, who was paired mm-hmm. with who. That what a, a lot more light is shed. And I can understand why they chose to do that. You know, put that budget in the Guardians 3 budget, but release it as a as a, a Disney Plus thing. Uh, and I really did like the because it, this, one of the focus here is between Mantis and Drax. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I do, you know, the, the the kind of camaraderie that they have, and that's really a chem, um, that's really kind of a pair that we haven't gotten a lot of yet. And I, I'm I'm glad that we do get that in this one because I mean, Rocket wasn't there, so at least by and large, not there. So they had to do other things with the with with these. They had to pair them differently. Well, I mean, funny enough, you say Rocket wasn't there, and, and you're right on that. But like, even so, Rocket has his own movie within this movie. He does. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, this is this is own. Rocket's film. Yeah, it, it really is. But like, it's like isolated within the film itself, which mm-hmm. is kind of like odd. 
to think about. But once you see this, you'll understand. And like, so I, I do think, you know, with Rocket not being there, we, we get a lot of Rocket and it's, it's probably the most impactful stuff of it. Some things that are hard to watch for some people. I like I, I could understand where people would be uncomfortable with some of that for yeah, sure. It's, there are some things that if you're not cool with uh, with movies going like certain like pushing certain boundaries, this is going to be a hard watch for you. Sorry, Peta, but it, it's they actually gave an award to this movie for accurate portrayal of animal cruelty. Did they really? They did. They oh, were crap. actually they're actually like super on board because I mean, listen, it's all CGI, right? Yeah, so yeah, nobody yeah. really gets hurt. But they're like, hey, this is what we're trying to make sure people don't do. Yeah. Yeah. You know, thank you for that. So, okay. Yeah. That's a real thing that, that actually happened. Right, that's cool. Then, and it, it, but yeah, we, you do get this. So, and I, I, I want to say about the Drax and um, Mantis thing, they've pit the, they've like pinned those two together since Mantis came in. Mm-hmm. And I think it makes sense that they're kind of buddy, buddy the whole time and doing their thing together. Well, their character types, lead to a good humor quality a lot of times which is fine because listen that is at its core guardians is a little bit more comedic than the other stuff a lot of a lot of quippy one-liners a lot of fast you know three people talking at the same time those kind of scenes which normally in some movies don't work but guardians has kind of got it perfected right like they're they're used to the fast talk boom 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 joke move along right and and it's fine because like they're good at it um so that's one of the things, too, is with Rocket out of the picture for a large part of the movie on the actual Guardian side is it was always Rocket and Quill going at each other all the time. You know, quippy one liners back and forth. Ha ha ha. But with Rocket out of that role, you see Quill interacting with more people differently, like him and Groot are buddy buddy this movie. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. Like he, they're out on the patrol together. They're doing stuff that and, you know. Yeah, we got that going on for us. So I thought that was an interesting mix there, too, because now Gamora is still in the picture, but it's not our regular Gamora. You know, it's obviously, you know, pre snap Thanos Gamora, you know, yeah. from the past, blah, blah, blah. So, yep. yeah, it, it, it's the Gamora that hasn't been completely like, like run down. It's still world killer Gamora. Yeah, by the it, way. it's not the one that's been run down by by Thanos and all of his actions to where like well, it started well, but, changing her. But this is the one that this is not the one that Quill fell in love with. It is Correct. not, and that and that's what that's the dynamic that I thought they were going to approach a little differently in this one. See, this this movie's emotional in a lot of ways. That I really I, did think that it was going to be Quill was going to have his his, and it does come to a weird kind of. I don't want to super spoil it, but it does. He there is some kind of resolution to to that, and it doesn't. Oh, yeah. it, it wasn't as emotional for Quill as I thought it was going to be. I think that's a better call too. Yeah. And honestly, I, I think Marvel may have dropped the ball or James Gunn may have dropped the ball on the way that like, that all wrapped up between those two. I'm glad they didn't do the whole, you know, well, it's her again. So, of course, they're going to get back together. I, I'm I'm glad they went that route. I think it's the correct route to go with it. But like the last thing she says to him, I think like like when like they have that that like that last standoff, I think that probably a lot of fun. I think those lines could have been a little bit better, more impactful and like and actually like pulled some emotion but it is we like we got what we got but uh, it, i'm happy they didn't like will they won't they bring them back together thing so uh, i think canically right now peter and her aren't anywhere near each other and peter's married to a dude so you mean in the actual comic yeah oh, that's interesting possible. interesting yeah, yeah. but it, it it all 
you can't go off of current comics. No, but it's you have to I'm, go off of like I'm pretty sure though like it's that. been that way for a while. Yeah. So no, because then you can start you can start talking about Kitty Pride because Kitty Pride and and uh, Star Lord are like a big yeah, thing. Well, that's, that's the other thing too is across so many comics, a, a lot, a lot of set of stuff. But it's just the fact that you know maybe they don't want Gamora to have to just be tied to Peter anymore. Oh yeah, maybe like that's okay, that's yeah. what I, I'm sorry. I wasn't directing that you know they should bring Peter as gay, well, bisexual. Yeah, I don't think that that's something that they would really do in this dynamic. But it's just not him and Gamora and. It's not been him and Gamora for a long time. Yeah, no, okay, so, yeah, that is true. Yeah, because actually, like, like the the bigger, the uh, like uh, the fan favorite like connection for most for most people you talk to when it comes to Star Lord, it's it, it it's him and Kitty Pride together because mm-hmm. the like they're, they're two people that are very similar but like go about the world like they teach each other about the world like kind of like the same way. So it's an interesting pairing, but well, couldn't couldn't we still get that with the X Men coming we into can. here? I well. Mean, the- the other thing too, Absolutely. if he's not tied to Gamora, yeah, he can end up doing something well, else exactly. or being with somebody else. I think I may she, have not eloquently put it as I wanted to. Is again, it's one of those things that, like, what I would have done is not always what happens in the movies, but as far as Quill goes, it would have been interesting to see because I mean that's one of the thing. I mean that's why that they almost lost to Thanos is he got emotional in the wrong time and yeah. you know, he he allowed the spell to be broken and Thanos to be freed from that spell they almost had him in before the last movie. But what I mean, and of course that's it. It it cannot be. You know I I said on the when we got Gamora back in the second Avengers movie like well that just undoes. Um, Thanos, the the gravity of the situation of Thanos sacrificing his own daughter, throwing her in the pit to achieve the stone. He trades one thing he loves for something he needs. Yeah. I thought that was a really great thing. I was like, oh, well, Gomorrah just undoes it. I don't think that was undone as much as I think it was. And- I mean, again, I think it that's not the story that like they wanted to tell anyway. Like, I think like I think the only reason why we got what we did with Quill and Gamora. If this wasn't James Gunn's last Guardians film, I don't think we would have seen Gamora at all, or very, very, very little. I think we would have had less of her. I think because James Gunn wanted to wrap, you know, wrap up all the characters, close that book, they, yeah, that he had. I think that's why we get so much of what we do. This isn't meant to be like that story at this point. Like, like I, that I story. That. I understand that. Yeah, like, like that story ended when Thanos threw Gamora, you know, off off the mountain. Period. Mm-hmm. Like, like that's when that ended for for Quill. You know, and it's. One of those things where, as as they're trying to tell all these stories and wrap up, tie up all these ends, is that you're gonna have you're gonna get these resolutions that might not feel quite as as um as I don't know as final as you want them to or as clear as as you want them to. But clear is the yeah, but it, it, it's enough to where you can say, huh, all right, you know, we're you know we're done here. I wonder what's next. Well, and and also I think it does a good job, and you you started to allude to it is with all them going their separate directions. So maybe there's not another Galaxy Guardians of the Galaxy movie. There's no Guardians Four. Yeah. Okay. These most of these characters will be appearing again yeah. somewhere else. Oh yeah. I mean, listen, Peter's not going anywhere. Um, Gamora's not going anywhere. Adam Warlock's not going anywhere. Um, who am I forgetting? Groot. Nebula and Groot. Yeah. They're not going anywhere. Rocket. Rocket. Right. Yeah. The only people that you don't. We might not see again, maybe ever, is Batista, obviously, and maybe Mantis. Mantis but yeah. 
you know, she's a celestial. She's not going to get killed. Like, yeah. it's not going to be a thing you have to worry about. And if they're not all going together, you know, they're going different places and you'll see other other oh, yeah. things pop up that way. Yep. Will, Besides, will, Adam Warlock's going to be important. So here's the thing, though. I, I, I if, if, if you're ready for it, and I don't know what you're going to say, Grace, but like, I'd like to talk about Adam Warlock. No, no, absolutely. But I, I, I just want to say one thing is yeah, we're, sure. abso- we're absolutely going to see Batista as Drac. Maybe not for a whole movie, but it'll be a small role. That's what... But yeah, we're, act- yeah. we're absolutely going to see him. I mean, he's years from now we'll see Drax again, yeah, or something sure. like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I mean, he's got a lot to do on. You know, it, it makes sense for his character to be with with all the children because he lost a child. So I mean, that makes mm-hmm. sense for him to be where he is. Yeah, hundred so, percent. Yeah. So go on. No. We can talk about Adam Warlock. Now. Yeah, let's talk about Adam Warlock. Let's talk about the biggest meme character that Marvel's ever memed in the history of memeing characters. I hate this so much. I was mad, and like. Like I like I I knew they were they weren't gonna do it right, but my God, like the difference in what this character is in written form and in the way he actually is to like what they put on Marvel's screen, this is like DC move, like bad in in my opinion. This is just bastardizing a character that really is like a part of the heart and soul. What is the Guardians of the Galaxy? Like that's the hardest part about this to watch is that like you know like like when they announced the when I saw who was, who was playing him I thought awesome no this is a good actor he's young he has great range I can't wait to see what he does with this character and he's <laughs> what was the movie where he's where he's searching about the gays about don't be like you know how how do you wait know he, wasn't, gay? he wasn't he wasn't Paul Munsky I I know but like that's who he reminds me of that's the character who who he reminds me of in mm-hmm. this film he's just painted gold so well, can, can i can i say one thing roger before you say what you're gonna yeah. say is i knowing knowing nothing about adam warlock and only seeing what i did in the trailer i uh, chris like like i mean maybe for for different reasons i did uh, not see the warlock character playing out as it did i just okay. i couldn't have it just they went a different way with it and, I, and i'm fine with that it's just they didn't in the trailer i i thought he was going to be more of an antagonist than he then turned, turned out to be so here's the thing with adam warlock He's not an antagonist. He's a protagonist. Yeah. And what the future that we get from him, I think, is going to look a good bit different. And here's why. True. So I think the version of Adam Warlock that we get, like, I like the idea of this character. And the reason for that is, is I look at it here as he's just a kid. Okay. He came out of his, you know, uh, his birthing pod as a full grown man. Okay. Full grown man with unbelievable power yeah yeah he's like 15 like he just doesn't know yet well yeah well but 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 i think in this movie like through the course of this movie he realizes one he can't believe everything people in power tell him yeah okay like he has a real i'm growing up now moment he sees somebody else make a sacrifice for him to save his stupid life that they didn't have to do and you know, I think that's part of when, you know, at the very end, and I won't say what happens, but when he does what he does at the end of this movie, I think that's him going up a little bit. And oh, I yeah. think the more we see him, because he's got a multi-movie deal, you know, and he's basically a God-level character. He's almost unkillable. You know, he's a big, strong, badass dude that we will see him grow into the kind of character that he is and deserves to be. Yeah, I think, especially with... Um, what's his name? Will Poulter. Yep. Especially with him as that actor, I think he'll be fine at it. Yeah. And he's got that sweet British accent. 
which is actually <laughs> his real yeah, yeah. accent. So. so I mean, like to put it in perspective for you, Grayson, like like Adam Warlock is one of is he's he's one of the um the Infinity Gauntlet holders. Yep. Oh, that makes he's, sense. He's one okay. The, and and he's he's the one that originally defeats Thanos. Wait. Yeah. He, like in the in did, the timeline that we got, he was supposed to be there. Not not in the timeline we got because the, the, that's the that's in the MCU timeline. But in the like, story, he 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 beats Thanos while Thanos has the gauntlet and rips it off of him. So 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 he's like alpha level power. <laughs> alpha isn't even the right word for it. He's above that somehow. He's, he's apex he's, predator. He's Captain Marvel power yeah. level. Yeah, he's he's absolutely humongous. Like in like and, and he's I think I think he's one of the original like founders of the Guardians of the Galaxy is the other thing. Like he's like he's not a small deal within a Guardians movie because he's kind of like the granddaddy of it. Yeah. So it's he's so, a big deal across Marvel period. Yeah. So then with with respect to how Adam Warlock was portrayed in this movie, then of course all you guys are doing is speculating. We know nothing. Going yeah. forward, where do you see the where do you see his story going given his power level? Where do you see his story going? So I think that we got him because of how crash and burn Captain Marvel's been. I think we got him because this is going to be Marvel's Superman. I think is I think is the mo if he's got a multi movie deal, he's gonna show up in a lot of in a lot of things. I think it's because that Brie Larson as Captain Marvel has completely tanked in every way you can imagine, is an utter and pure failure by Disney Marvel. So they need another character with that level of power to be Marvel's Superman. And that's I think why they're bringing uh, Adam Warlock in. I think that that's the best way I can sum it up. Well, it's it's interesting you say that she's crashed and burned as a character, and but whatever that means, it's interesting who they cast for Adam Warlock. The you know you know what I'm talking about. It's just that's that's see I didn't know that, but that's super interesting to me that that that's how they're correcting the Captain Marvel situation. Maybe with with who they cast. Well, I mean, look, it's your theory, and it's it's a very I mean it's a very educated theory. You you know your lore, so. I mean, I have to go with you on this one. Is you're probably not not 100 wrong. There's probably some truth in there as to why they brought Adam Warlock in the way they did. But that's just super interesting to me how they cast him then. Yeah, yeah. But Will Will Poulter is not a he's a premier actor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's he's not small potato. I mean, he was in the third Narnia film. Um, he's he carried that movie quite a bit, and he he was a kid in it, and he carried it. But huh. he's he's a hell of an actor. So I'm glad that he is now somewhere where I'm going to see him center stage all the time. And I mean, I don't want Adam Warlock to only be like a three movie thing. I'd prefer him to go on with the Guardians. If we, I like him, I like the character. I, I thought he was intriguing. Okay, well, I expect him to interact a lot with the Fantastic Four. Okay, yeah, yeah. See, that's Which my is... that's my thing. Is like when Fantastic Four and X Men come into the fold is like the the lost period of Marvel post like. Thanos snap to 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 Fantastic Four and X Men. That's going to be the lost period. It's going to be the dark period of Marvel. Is the period no one gives a crap about? I think that we are in the dark period of Marvel. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Is we're in the dark wise. period. Yeah, we're in the yeah. we're in dark. We're in the the absolutely garbage MCU part of it, which is a shame to throw this movie in with it. Because, but that's I don't just think that's fair. I don't that's think just one, garbage at all. No, 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 no. That's what I'm saying. Is that's just where it sits in the timeline? Unfortunately, it's after Thanos and before Fantastic Four and X-Men. But I mean, there's some other, I mean, Shang, Shang-Chi wasn't bad, wasn't horrible. Oh. Um, the Spider-Man movie wasn't bad. So I mean, that's no, the that's whole not thing. bad at all. There are a few gems in there, but by and large, this is going to be considered the dark period of the, the MCU. Well, yeah, yeah. But I mean, like, you know, 
I, I feel like we're digging a little bit too much into like the Marvel side of things and not enough into this film well, at this point. I so. have one one last thing to say about the Marvel side of it is is the one thing that mattered through all of this is that the multiverse is real. Oh yeah. Like yeah. That's the only thing that really matters throughout however movies you want to put in this well, yeah. phase here. Well, I mean, Gamora's existence in this film is is evidence enough. Yeah, True. But I mean, just remember, we have the entire Doctor Strange movie that verifies how many actual multiverses there are. Yep. So that's how you have to look at it. anything past this. Once stories start to get tied together, that's all that matters. Oh, yeah. And like, and, and they're bringing a lot of things at least into the realm of, realms of possibility now. Because, like, you know, we have Professor Xavier within within the movie you just mentioned. We have multiple characters in multiple Marvel movies or Marvel works because, like, I think also in one of the streaming platforms that the mention of mutants and mutations have been like direct lines. So okay. they're setting it all up to kind of like come into whatever new age they're going to try to bring it into yep. to kind of course correct the damage that they that they know at this point they've done to yep. the brand. The only other thing about that is with this movie, and I'll circle back to this movie in particular. Yeah, yeah. Besides Adam, Adam Warlock here. This movie stands away from everything else. Like there, besides some references to Thanos because of Gamora. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like there's nobody else in this movie. Like there's no weird pop up cameos. There's no, you know, like that's not part of this movie. And this is the first time for a while that this is almost a complete standalone story yeah. without anybody else from any other thing making an appearance to tweak something or to help something out or for a specific reason. Yeah. And I think that that helps this movie because. I, I think this movie as a standalone Marvel product is pretty solid. I agree. Like the story that we get here and, you know, we end up in like a, an interesting place of counter earth, yeah. um, which is a, is kind of a cool thing. And like the bad guy here, our villain is, you know, a pretty decent villain. So I was going to say, I like the villain of this movie. Uh, the, the What is he called again? The, um, the, the Supreme Supreme creator, isn't it? Yeah. Something like that. What is it? What is he grace? You, you have any notes I'm on it? looking the the high evolutionary. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. But I, that character, I was super excited about him for the first half of the movie. The second half of the movie, I was actually kind of like I was kind of disappointed in the way You're like this dude's up. just a shitbag. He just starts well, yelling a lot. He's, he's the <laughs> he's the epitome of someone who's lost their mind. Well, like, he, so, he, so, is, he is the epitome of like the Adolf Hitler. Well, yeah, of. but I mean, like, 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 so like he's su- he's very sinister. And he he's a bad guy just doing bad guy things. Mm-hmm. I think is why like the this villain seems kind of refreshing because usually the villains in Marvel have like there's like no depth to them at all. Yeah. Or you know or, or they're just throwaway characters that you don't think second about. This guy at least is like a bad guy doing bad guy stuff. Yeah, he's an evil dude. And he was like, no, I'm just gonna blow up this planet. So it's like I, yes, <laughs> that's one of the things I have a problem with. But but like I'll, I'll put that into a different section of us talking. But like it's he he's just a he's just a bad dude doing bad shit and well, you, like might as well talk about it now we're going along here so. true true so like I, I think i think one of the one of the negatives of this movie that i had was that like there was no lasting impact on anything that happens right we talked you talked about it with like the whole like drax like you know he gets two holes blown in him mm-hmm. right and then he's okay you know like they do this thing in a couple points of this movie where like they don't like sit and wait or like like the thing that happened doesn't have any like weight to anything so like their invasion of that like space station refiner, like that that information repository, all that shit that goes down there, and all the things that they they kind of like 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 fake you out on like a couple like deaths or like oh no will they won't they, ends up being big nothings, mm-hmm. and then like, the villain of the story right, 
blows up this entire planet yep. of people with lives and like it that's like a huge thing if you like you think about it like all that life erased gone gone well it's people, like the, it's like it's like alderan star wars it's, well it's a little bit different though because like we got to interact with these with these characters like we went down there and saw they have lives like like they like they Drax fell asleep on someone's couch. You know what I mean? Like you know, right? Like, no, I, I, I that looked like that, a good sleeping couch too. It, it did look <laughs> a good sleeping couch. Like, like, like that one that's at, that, that's at your grandma's. Yeah. Oh man, that like that weird like that weird like like rough that like that but rough felt. But it's like cold. Oh, oh yeah, oh, yeah. But, yeah, perfect. But like like all these people were like just destroyed and murdered and blown up and like no one blinked. <laughs> like it all happens. We don't like sit on it. It just kind of happens and like okay, like it's the next thing. Like. I think that would have been a good like like way to like to to like show how evil this guy is, and like that should have been like 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 the midpoint of this film, and then like it takes a little bit for them to like figure things out from there, so you sit on that for a little bit. But the movie's moving fast, and you don't really get to like like appreciate the gravity of anything that's going on because the characters don't ever appreciate the gravity of what's going on, which I think is kind of I think I think that that's a piece that's lost in this film. How does Peter Quill know what meth is? He wouldn't. That's the, he wouldn't know. It, it it it's a funny joke, but he, Peter Quill wouldn't know what meth is, would he? Maybe he would. <laughs> <laughs> so I, mean, I don't know. But all jokes aside, I thought about that for a long time. I mean, if if if, if I space, mean, I know he's interacting with other humans. Obviously, if space age. If space age high evolutionary characters are interested in the art and music that comes from Earth, somebody out there is interested in the drugs that we create. Well. Where do you think some of that art and music comes from? Buddy? Exactly. <laughs> so, you know what I'm saying? So, like, it, I think it's possible that he knows about meth. 100%. Especially well, if mean, he's from uh, where he's from. I mean, weed for sure. Oh, I doubt. That's, uh, sure. Is, but the whole time on the, <laughs> sure, whatever you guys want to say, it's fine. The whole time on the on that planet, I, I thought was, I don't want to say a waste, but it certainly could have come, it certainly could have had a lot less screen time and still been just as important as it is now. I think that part of the movie, and I agree with you, kind of drug a little bit. But, you know, if we don't go there, we don't get Groot doing awesome things, you know, like him legitimately just whipping everybody's ass in the uh, in that chamber, pulling guns out of his torso. Yeah. And like, look, this one other thing about this movie is the evolution of Groot. Okay, yeah, true. Yeah, I mean, because look, he can basically shapeshift, you know, he is decapitated yep. and fully regrows his body in little to no time. You know, like that's something like those are new tricks yeah. for a boy. I mean, and besides the fact that he talks, yeah, he says a whole a sentence. Bit. It's not, I am Groot. So hold on, hold on. I, it's like, I, I don't think he actually says that though. Right. Like, like, like he says, I am Groot, but like they were letting you hear what, like what they hear. See, I, I don't I know. Had, now had, listen, I hadn't that. thought about that, but I, I don't know. I think you're hearing it the way that they hear Groot in that moment. Like that was like his last words as Groot within like, mm -hmm. like the, the gun galaxy universe where like he says, I am Groot. If anyone else would have been in there, that uh, that's what like the line would have been. But ah, son of a him. bitch, you're right, Chris. Son of a bitch. I know I'm, I am. I'm angry at myself for not picking up on that because that's that <laughs> I don't would think be you're right. Just I know. So, I, so we no, I mean, no. I think he's 100 percent right. That would have been that's a that's a that's James Gunn saying goodbye to the fans. As far as James Gunn being a director in the, on the Marvel side, that's a little thing he he put in. I, I think sure. Now that I think about it, I mean, it makes sense. But Chris no, I don't, is I think definitely he right actually about spoke. That. I, I, I it's about know. time. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Um, 
But yeah, I mean, I like how his character works. You know, I like that they show him as like truly a powerful being because yeah. he is. And especially because he's working without Rocket a yeah. lot, which is a new twist for that character, even though, look, Groot's just a tree that runs around usually, right? Doesn't say much. I'm just glad he's not angsty teen Groot anymore. You yeah, know what I mean? I like he's like bulky, jacked yeah. Groot, yeah. you know? Yeah. Like commando Groot yep. now, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's middle aged right. Groot now. He's, you know, mm-hmm. whipping some ass. You know, yep. one thing we didn't I, 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 I knew <laughs> I, I knew that we weren't gonna see the I mean, there's a great little moment when Quill hands Groot the pistols and says, You know what to do with these. But we didn't what we didn't get, and I this is how I knew that at least one character, at least Quill was gonna survive this movie because we didn't get the scene between well, for, first of all, Rocket Quill couldn't God die without Rocket being okay. Number one, because they had they had to say goodbye to each other. So I knew that was going to happen. But also, we didn't. We never got that moment between Quill and Groot, where you know after Quill says, "You know what to do with these," and then we get the a night. Even if it was a two shot cutaway of you know Quill looking at Groot, because Quill does this one once or twice to other characters too, is looking at Groot, and after he says, "You know what to do with these," and you know he could look at him and say, "Don't miss," because if you miss, we're dead. You know, one of those, like, you have to be precise with these shots. I'm surprised we didn't get that. And I don't think it's an oversight. I just think the story's not there yet. Well, I also think that this, there's a lot happening in this movie. And this movie's very fast. So I think it does things move, like that. It does move incredibly quickly. And I do think that the villain, you guys, I think, tend to like, I think the, he, like, he, like, overvillained the villain. He was too much of a bad guy to be, like, well, a bad guy. I don't I don't know if that's really a thing in this scenario. I like that look, I like that he's an overblown character and legitimately just gets his ass whipped. And yeah. like I'm totally okay with that. Because look, this guy thinks he's big and strong, he runs into people, he does a bunch of bad things to bad people, and then he really gets his comeuppance. And I'm totally okay with like high level villains getting beat down like that. Yeah, that's well, fine to me. I mean, this is the guy that, that he because he's so smart, he believes he cannot be outsmarted. Yep. He cannot be beat. And he and Rocket beats him when he's young, and then they come back and they beat him, and then Rocket beats him again. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It, it's, I, it's, it's just that that thing that uh, that piece of indulgence that that is this character. He just it beats him over and over again. It, it makes sense, and I think that's okay. I just don't like that he's just yelling like a madman. Also, if you ever get out tacticaled by this version of Peter Quill, you deserve 100%. whatever happens to you. <laughs> However, Peter Quill is pure is pure business. At that, at like the climax of this movie, and I appreciate well, that. Well, that's the kind of Quill I hope we get more going forward. The only problem I have with how Quill shakes out in this movie, like, look, I'm still fine with him, like, being pissed drunk and crying in the middle of the afternoon, right? Yeah, look, sure. okay, I get that. I was just there but, last week. I get but it. I'm glad, though, that they did that and then they moved through it away like, from it. Yeah. I, because I think, look, that's in the way that him and Gamora kind of have their little resolution. I think that's done. Yeah. And I'm, I'm better with that. Like this version of Quill at the end where he's barking out orders, like actually leading his team, you know, that's where it should be. Yeah. The only problem I have with it is like, I think he makes a big mistake here because one of the things that almost leads to him dying right before, and I won't spoil like who saves him or whatever. Yeah. Why doesn't he have his fucking helmet? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Where is it? Yeah. He doesn't have his boots either. Why not? Like, I, I don't understand. Like, is that lazy writing in that scenario? Probably. Because, but here's the thing. Why would Peter Quill be the guy that didn't have that always yeah. ever? You know, like that's him. Mm-hmm. 
So yeah, he is Star Lord. That's yeah. what I mean. I, I have an issue with that kind of stuff, <laughs> right? Because like, look, you want to humanize Peter Quill? That's fine. He's not human. Okay, True. he's only partially human. Yeah. And the one thing that like we don't have to have this weird climax at the end of the way that we do if he just has his proper gear that he always has. Yeah. And he never puts his helmet on one time in this movie. But does he doesn't even have it ever in the movie? No. Now that I'm thinking about it, like I never, I don't, and he's had that in the past always. He's had it. All always. the time, yeah. yeah that's so, it. so it's. I, th- I think it's just they didn't. I think it's just writing. Thing. I think it's just lazy writing. Is they didn't want to address it, so so they just took it out of the entire movie. Because yeah. listen, he they got all kinds of new toys in this movie. He's True. got new guns. They got a new ship. Pete ain't got his fucking helmets. Maybe he's got a new arm. Right? Well, yeah. yeah, a cool new arm, by the way. Yeah. That scene you're talking about is so they they do have a chance to kill off Quill, and they don't. Mm-hmm. And yeah, they have but... they have a chance to kill Drax, and they don't. Well, so, so I mean, a, I mean, a you don't want to kill off those two characters if they're ever going to come back, and and I never Chris, thought Peter was in play either. By the way, yeah. See, see, Chris Pratt hasn't said that said that he's done. He said that he said that he he'll only come back if 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 he agrees with with, with like what the characters doing, which is fair. And they're not going to just they're not going to drop Chris Pratt because he's massive as much as Hollywood doesn't want him to be successful. Like he's huge as much. He, Grayson hates him. He, <laughs> It, it, it just, I'm just not his biggest fan. I'm not sorry. Between uh, between losing Chris uh, Evans and Robert Downey Jr., I don't think Disney Marvel wants to let go of another huge powerhouse name right now. Especially when they don't have to. No, exactly. I, I think they're finding that nobody cares about the people replacing them. That's the problem. That's what we're, I think that's what they're learning now. Is That's what learning with all the shows. No one gives two craps about those shows. Well, it, I mean, after their so, initial running, they're never people are never going to rewatch those shows. Well, and, that's not and, true. Hold on, just and if you're if you're watching all the Guardian stuff and and or not all the the Marvel MC in, in, in canon form, I don't think those shows are going to make it for a lot of people. I just don't. Well, well, here's the thing though: people cared about the shows when they first started. So right, so like we were we were we were pumped for Wandavision. Fine, okay. You know, to, Wandavision to was it. awesome. We, we, and so, we, and so we, was the next one, uh, Winter Soldier we were, and Falcon. We, we we were pumped for Winter Soldier and Falcon. We were pumped for Loki, right? But then as these went on and they got worse and worse, now no one cares about the streaming stuff. You know, She-Hulk was an absolute disaster and the worst thing that they've ever put out. You can't so even was, tell so me. So was th- Mrs. Marvel or yeah, whatever yeah, that movie, whatever that streaming show was. The Marvels. Yeah. Awful. Yeah, like, like, like garbage. Trash. Yeah, like, yeah absolutely trash tier. And it's like, like they're doing this to themselves at this point. People did care about the stuff before it started getting worse and worse. So they've done that to themselves. And I think, I think the direction and people calling the shots are trying to like, to reverse to reverse course and correct course on the things that have been going negatively for well, them. I mean, so it, it comes I have a, go ahead, Roger. I, I have a problem with that. Nobody dislikes the Miss Marvel stuff. No uh, I think cares uh, about it though. I don't, oh, yeah, okay, I think a lot of that, that's a different story. Yeah. Okay. It has nothing but positive critical buzz mm-hmm. and is a very highly streamed show for them. So uh, look, Peter maybe Pan and uh, Wendy. Peter Pan and Wendy. Uh, had no, a hold, okay, it's got a ninety-nine. Like I'm not fucking making that up yeah, either. Yeah. Okay. So whether us as MCU fans didn't really dig it. Somebody did, Someone and somebody's did. watching it, okay? But just remember, and I'm not trying to play contrarian here, we're not always going to be the prime demos for those. Oh, yeah. And if somebody's watching it and it's getting their critical praise, I don't think that they think that that's a loss. And they shouldn't. That's fair, yeah. 
So right. okay, point point taken. But well, Chris, just oh, remember, Chris, like, Chris is still right. Nobody well, no, cares. Because listen, there there is plenty of bad stuff that they've put out, but it's just not all of it has been bad. And some of the stuff which most people or which some people consider good is bleeding over from the streaming side into a full blown movie now. And the Miss Marvel thing is a big example of that, right? They introduced that character strictly in a a Disney Plus show. And she will be in a tent pole the Thanksgiving Day release. You know what I mean? And like, I think that that's what Disney wants to do here with Marvel. And look, you know, the the, the world is so big out there. There's going to be movies that one we're not really big fans of, you know, and two characters that don't really relate to us. Look, that character doesn't relate to me, you know, not much at all. The Captain Marvel side of it, though, should, but generally those that movie side, Brie Larson's character hasn't really been the best at that. So, you know, whether that ends up being a good movie or a bad movie is yet to be seen. But if Disney wants it to go that way, that's the way that it's going. So yeah, okay, I, find it interesting. Fair. Fair, fair. I find it interesting that the Marvel's... Uh, the Rotten Tomato scores, they're, it doesn't tell you how many, and you can't read any of them. Nope. I well, they, that they probably locked it again yeah. because they do that for the <laughs> Marvel stuff. Remember, they had to lock they had to lock the regular Captain Marvel five weeks before it came out because it was getting, remember, the review bomb yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, we'll, we'll see, but there's no real... Well, besides, is it still 99 or something like that, 98? It's 98 for Critic, but it's only, it's it's... It's dropped for um for audience. It's 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 eighty right now, and it's it's been on a steady decline. Well, okay, so yeah. all we all we had is a measurement barometer for that is Rotten Tomatoes on the streaming service. But True. with yeah. with with the movie, we will have box office to at least well, that, another that's the thing. That's what I mean, right? Like, look, this is their gamble, and we're going to find out if it's going to pay off or not. So there's there, there's um there's tinfoil hat stuff about the whole uh the whole cap Marvel movie thing that's about to happen that. When we watch it, we'll uh, we'll go over that more. But like, there's a lot of like people that believe it. Like Disney won't let this fail. Like they won't let that fail. Like critically, like they 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 refuse to allow it to fail financially, at least in the public eye and critically. But we'll see how that goes. That's a story for another day, I guess. 100%. All right, what else we got to do about Guardians here? So I want to point out two things that were a big deal to me. I think the exchange between um, Peter Quill and Gamora on the ship before they like they're all buddy buddy again when like she's like screaming at him on the ship is like some of the best line delivery that that like they don't deserve mm-hmm. at all but it was it was fantastic i think that scene was extremely well acted and i would watch it again and again and the other thing is is that um i the the corridor fight scene we get is amazingly done some of the best marvel stuff we've holy seen. crap man like that like that that scene alone is almost worth price of admission for this film it's so good and like i can't tell you the joy that i got when rocket comes running out there p- jumps in the air jumps off of somebody's body and then does like the whole like sh- like looks down and shoots between his legs thing he looked like star fox straight out of smash brothers man like it looks <laughs> it looks so goddamn cool that whole scene is very well done and absolutely like just gorgeous and reasons to see this film. um did you guys watch this in 3d i did, I did actually I, I did i did yeah so i did in this one and uh i don't know if the 3d helped or hurt in yeah. this kind of movie like i'm 
like I said, I'm, I'm kind of iffy on 3D anymore. I bet that quarter seems cool. Shit, so though. here's the thing: it was, and like I'm glad that you brought that up because that is one of the scenes that stick out as one of the better scenes. However, for a lot of this movie, it's yeah, kind whatever. of irrelevant. Yeah, gotcha. But how that guy's face look in 3D? How it was like kind of half on, half off? Is that like it's a one, one weird? Of the yeah, because yeah. like you can see, it's like like a little wing, yeah. almost like a, like a fish gill. Yeah, almost. Okay. Yeah. See, it looks very flat, uh-huh. and obviously when you see it in 2D, but that, that, that's actually a cool bring up because yeah. Yeah, I got you. But what else? Anything else, Grayson? Any any points you want to make? I need to wrap this one up. We've we've hit a lot of those of those points that I wanted to talk about. Um, uh, there's some things I want to say whilst scoring. Okay, okay. gotcha. But, well, um, the, well, the, well, why don't you kick it off? All right. Uh, so I'll I'll start us off then. I um I'm I'm gonna give this one a six point five. Um, I, I I think it's a fine movie. I think it's back to what we used to like. We used to enjoy. Um, I don't think it's one of the better Marvel movies. I don't even think it's one of the better, you know, post Thanos movies as far as, I mean, I still think Spider-Man rules the roost there. So, okay. It's one of the better ones, but not the better, but I, I, I'm, I was expecting more out of a, I was expecting a more emotional story for Quill and uh, we didn't, I, I didn't get that. And I, I don't, because this was Gunn's last one, I expected him to, have more of a signature on it than he did. And he had quite a few things. Um, one thing I was, I'm always, a, you know, I, if you're going to kill a character, then kill it. Don't tease us and then not do it. That, that bothers me because now you almost can't do that to Quill again because he's, he's, I mean, he's almost died. So you can't do it again. And that's kind of the problem is, and I, I do like that. And well, that one scene I didn't talk about is when he's rescued by the, who he's rescued is the two fingers touching. Was that supposed to look like the painting? On it the was scene? Yeah, 100%. The, yeah. 100%. I was gonna, no one brought that up, but I was, I thought I'm like, that's, I mean, that, that kind of imagery is, 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 um, is absolutely on purpose. Yeah. So, and, and you know, the painting dealing with gods and everything, that's an interesting, uh, it's an interesting imagery, which I think aired more in the side of Adam Warlock than anything else. But uh, I'm, I'm relatively happy with this, um, but I expected a little bit more. So that's why I'm giving it a 6.5. Okay. I'll go second. 6.5, I think, is a good score for this film. Um, I do want to point out that, like, to to bookend this, like we mentioned at the very beginning, the Rotten Tomatoes scores and how we were surprised that it's, well, how some of us are surprised that it's 95. But yet, all it has to take is a, is, is a 6 or a higher to get that to get that rating. So I think it makes sense why this film is rated so high on, on Rotten Tomatoes. I'm in that camp. This film, as a Marvel film, in a vacuum is fine. It's entertaining enough. It's got a decent villain, better than the average villain, I would argue, that Marvel has, especially lately. And then it's got all the characters that you already know. They all go on their, you know, the ride that they go on. And not only that, but like you get a nice wrap up to all these characters in their third official film. And that's exactly what you want to see with the director of this leaving and then them kind of like putting the bow on all of this. I think the film is at least, it's fast. And it has some hiccups, but it's it image is great, music is fine, and the characters and what we get from them, I think, is pretty good. This movie, I, I give this one a six and a half as well. That's where I was at. Interesting. So I'm actually going to go a little bit higher. Um, I actually enjoy this movie quite a bit. I think this movie's a seven and a half for me um, because look, this checks every Marvel box that I've ever asked for since like Marvel created a box in my mind, right? It's got good action. It's got a decent story. It's got a banger of a soundtrack because it really does have a hell of a... I mean, all the Guardians movies have a great soundtrack. Yeah. And I hope that's something that Marvel continues to 
spend the money and get the good music for that. And I'm, I'm good with, with how that works out. Like, look, I'm totally okay with this. Isn't Peter Quill's movie. That's fine by me. Peter Quill's a story. Yeah, I've seen that before. Listen, rocket raccoons backstory. I'd love that. You know, I think that's a good story to tell. Um, I like the resolution we get for a couple of characters. I'm not a big fan of the fake out death scene like Grayson brought up earlier, but listen, I can live with it. You know, like we, I knew it was coming because yeah. either it was going to happen or it wasn't. And I hate to hate to marginalize something just like that. True, but that yeah. That's the only, there's only two scenarios. Yes or no. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you know, as a seven and a half, like you know, Grayson said that this is one of the, you know, one of the movies posted, like the, the only movie better to me than this post, Thanos snap is Spider-Man to me um, with Shang-Chi being right there, uh, basically the same as guardians for me. Everything else is pretty bad. So I'm going to stick with the, the wins here and I'm very happy with this movie. Yep. I get you. I'm surprised Chris. <laughs> I expected to give it lowest by far. Maybe not. Maybe so, not by uh, super far. So, but like, by so, far. so I'm like, I'm, I've been back and forth on my rating on it. It's like 6.5 is the lowest I was going to go. The highest I was going to go was, was Roger was at so with 7.5. I think if you if gun to my head, I'd probably, I'd probably hard seven it only because of the fact that it's not worse than, than the Eternals. And I think, I, I think I gave the, the Eternals a seven back when we watched it, but that was like the first, like kind of like bad Marvel movie we got, you know, as things started to go downhill, but like it, it, it isn't lower than a 6.5. That's the lowest I'd ever go on this film because it is fun enough, but, yeah, it, like it, it might be more of a seven in my book, but it, it it's okay. It, so, it's, it's just it doesn't hit. I have enough problems with it where I can't like rate it any higher than that, though. I'm 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 proud of you for looking at this more critically, but I have one question: What happened to Quill's Walkman? It got blown up. Oh, did it? Okay, I forgot. I completely forgotten. I didn't do any rewatches for this. I just wondered why he had a MP3 player instead of a Walkman now. So okay, so it, it can, canonically it is destroyed, blown up, gone. As far as I know, yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah, that's, that's why, why he has the Zune. Yeah. <laughs> the Microsoft Zune. <laughs> the, the the failure against the iPod. Yeah, I thought that was kind of cool. I actually really appreciated too for the hey. fact that Rocket's like singing to the music. Yeah. Like he's into like I'm I'm good yeah. with that. Yeah. Well and like and, and on the whole Zune thing, you know, one of these products is in is in a sponsored spot in a major Marvel movie. One and one of them isn't. <laughs> so keep that in mind. You think some Zune developer somewhere is still getting like a twenty five cent like payback? Dude, he's making money right now. I guarantee it. <laughs> I was working when that was. I was working in retail when in GameStop when that was Zune came out, and it. it I mean, one of the lowest selling things in the history of like the Zune and the Zeet, man. The I two can't. Z's that will wait, never wait, be. What what were the, what was What's the Z? The Z was a uh, was the phone that was supposed to compete with the iPhone. Oh Android my Got like gosh. super huge, and now it's like some weird obscure off brand that you can barely find anymore too for phones. Nice. But it has Android on it now. But it didn't have Android when it's first launched. It has its own operating system. It was bad. No one had one. <laughs> All right. <laughs> That's, That's tech talk with Chris. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So I'm glad we're get, we're starting to get movies more like they used to be. Although, uh, if there's one director in the Marvel Arsenal right now that was going to give us that movie, it's James Gunn. So maybe not the better barometer for back to what we well, used to like. But... He might not be done with Marvel forever, but he's going to be busy for another for yeah, a while. He's, got, doing th- other he's stuff. got things to do for a little bit. Uh, I, I, I assume he'll be back. Superman again. I assume he'll be back with for for Guardians. That's kind of his thing. So, but we won't see another actual Guardians movie for a very long time. Maybe like seven. Be years surprised or so. if we got one in within ten years. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Now, just one last question. I don't mean to take a lot of time with this because we have to be done. But how much? How long do you think Marvel has mapped out as of this point? Another ten years? 
I bet you they have ten movies canned already, or you know, ready to go. They have eleven movies on the slate right yeah. now that Jesus. that haven't even been announced yet. That are a part of Phase Seven or Phase Six or whatever. Yeah, Phase Six. So yeah, like they're they they have plenty of things that they that they plan to do still. And that doesn't include properties for uh, Disney Plus. Yep. Oh my yep. god. I think I think so right much. now. I think right now with actually this is better talk for the next episode. So we'll just wait. All right. All right, gentlemen, thank you for joining me for another episode. That sausage for the next episode? We'll crack it open, baby. <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right, this has been episode 330 of For the Love of Cinema, a movie podcast. Each new episode posts every Tuesday and Friday morning at 5 a.m. on the podcast service of your choice of the following five, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music. Please leave a comment or two, rate, subscribe. Every little bit helps. More importantly, thank you for listening. Check out the show on Twitter, at Love Cinema Pod. I am a Grayson Maxwell one. I am Matt Rogers Stillian. And I am Christopher Bond. Don't forget to check out the page on Facebook, always posting stories on the social media. Send us an email to for the love of cinema podcast at gmail.com. And next week, we're taking a look at Hypnotic and The Mother on Netflix. Flicks.